0: If I should stay
1: And welcome to the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Manny Manuel,
2: and I'm your guest host, Mushhead. Hello, Mushhead. Hello, Manny Manuel.
1: Thank you for coming back.
2: Thanks for having me back.
1: So excited to have you back. Are you? I am.
2: <laughs> we'll so see. Excited. We
1: will. I'll get sick of you in about five minutes. Yep. Uh, Mushhead answered the bat signal. <laughs> sam has uh is still on his um musical endeavors sabbatical <laughs> Yep, he's like i've had enough of that narcissistic asshole i need to go play some music and cleanse my soul <laughs> so we've had some pfg some past and future guests step up to the plate and it is now your turn
2: happy to be here happy to fill the shoes it should be pretty easy yeah. i mean it's sam Come i know on.
1: really what he, he he does next to nothing yeah Except for tolerates my narcissism.
2: Yeah, we all do, though. So really, it's not that hard. It's, it's not that hard.
1: <laughs> I gotta up my game. I I figure being my friends one of the most difficult things in the world. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm so happy that you uh, that you came. You actually had already called your shot on this one. You. Uh,
2: yeah, you, you, I was like hands up right here. Yep. Bodyguard me. Nice.
1: <laughs> all right, before we get into the bodyguard, we're going to talk about a few movies that uh, we've been watching, and by we, I mean me. Uh, so the first movie I'm going to talk about as I continue my 1992 trek, I'm doing really good with all the movies I want to watch. Uh, so I watched this movie called Lorenzo's Oil, uh, starring Susan Sarandon, Nick Nolte, and Peter Ustinov. Uh, it's a true story of Lorenzo Odone, a Virginia five-year-old. He develops a degenerative nerve disease so rare That nobody is working on a cure. So his parents decide to immerse themselves in research and tackle the problem themselves. I watched this movie because Susan Sarandon got an Oscar nomination for her role as the mother. And I was looking forward to watching it because Rachel gave this a one.
2: (laughs) Oh, Rachel.
1: I always enjoy watching movies that people either love when they give them fives or when they give them ones. Especially with Rachel giving something a one.
2: She's a toss-up because a one movie to her could be a five star to the rest of the world. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Rachel and I have very different opinions on film.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) And so I was looking forward to this. The one thing that she said uh, was she couldn't handle uh, the... The kid screams a lot through this movie.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, whether a kid is sick or healthy, any child screaming is not an enjoyable sound.
1: So I went into this movie thinking that there's going to be a lot of like child screaming. Now, there is some, but not to the extent to which she said. Mm. This movie was not enjoyable to watch. Because the movie is two hours and... Oh, it's two hours and nine minutes long.
2: Yeah, I have never had any desire to watch this movie. It's
1: only two hours. I thought it was 2.20. Mm -hmm. Either way. So if it's two hours and nine minutes, for one hour and 50 minutes of this film, you get to watch a child suffer. A lot. And, like, spoiler alert for for real life, because this movie is real life. Uh, Even the quote unquote happy ending isn't that happy for Lorenzo, but he, uh, he does survive, but his life isn't that enjoyable, but the suffering that he had to endure and the incredible ordeal that his parents went through to help try to find a cure or remedy for this disease has now helped countless numbers of people. Oh, wow. Because of this oil that they create, they help create people with this disease can now live a normal life. So this is
2: based on a true story. This is a 100% true story. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah,
1: it is a (laughs) completely true story. Susan Sarandon, she's fine in this movie. Uh, mostly garnering an Oscar nomination for two reasons. One, this was at the height of her popularity and she was getting Oscar nominations almost every year. And two, it's the early 90s, so there was not a lot of good roles for women in the film. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she I'm not saying she's bad. It's just when you compare it to today, when there actually is really great roles for women, you're like, wow, we've come a long way in 30 years. Yeah. So... Don't get me wrong. She's still good. It is isn't Susan Sarandon. Uh, Nick Nolte, his character, whose name is escaping me off the top of my head, so I'm going to quickly find it, uh, Augusto, uh, is Italian. So we get to listen to Nick Nolte talk with an Italian accent.
2: (laughs) How did that go?
1: (laughs) It's at times comical. (laughs) It, it it's at times like listening to Super Mario.
2: Oh, that's actually I would enjoy that.
1: And then there's times where he kind of pulls it off as the movie as the movie moves on and through itself <clears throat> and the seriousness of the film really start to sink into you, you kind of stop focusing on his in my opinion very poor accent work because you're just kind of watching this film waiting for that Hollywood moment to come. So you don't have to watch this child suffer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I will never watch this movie again. Oh
2: yeah. I,
1: it, not that it's bad. It's just watching a child suffer like for close to two hours. Yeah. The thing is this movie doesn't, this movie doesn't work well enough to where when that, happy ending comes you're overcome with that joy mm-hmm. where you cry because you're so happy it just doesn't get there for me yeah the movie is well made it's well acted it's fine but it wasn't very enjoyable and i will never watch this again unless i have to i don't, I don't know why i would ever want to i would i have hundreds of movies I would put on before wanting wanted to watch this again. Yeah. The funny thing was, as I put this movie on and the credits, you know, the movie starts and you see the credits, you know, Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon, directed by George Miller. Now, might not be because you're not as big into film as I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, that can't be the same George Miller. This is the same guy that did the Mad Max movies. Oh. Yeah. George Miller is an incredible director. And he wow. directs this really low-key, true story about this degenerative brain disease.
2: Huh. So Does he have, like, some personal tie to it, or...
1: Not personal, but George Miller himself, which I just learned, because I actually listened to another podcast, that a, a podcast I listen to regularly, did an episode on this movie. Okay. Because they... They, it's a great podcast, but, the, but their podcast focuses on, they do an entire director's filmography. So they go through, they pick one director and they do all of his movies. So they did all of George Miller's films. Um, George Miller was a doctor. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. Used to be a doctor.
2: It's a twist of uh profession.
1: Yeah. So maybe that was his connection to this film, mm-hmm. being a doctor, this case.
2: Intrigued by it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's very... Um, this would be an incredible documentary. It's very procedure like, like you learn about fatty acids and mm-hmm. how the body transforms them and what it does to the brain, and all that. So, it just just didn't grasp me. Hmm. I gave it a two.
2: Oh, that's generous. I didn't hate it. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It was no. just difficult to watch. Yeah, it
1: just was. It just wasn't an enjoyable watch watching yeah. this kid suffer because. Like Rachel says, when the kid screams, he's he's not doing well, mm. and you're watching this little boy trapped in his own body. Yeah, it oh, was, I couldn't watch that. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Aww. Two two out of five. The next movie I watched is one of my all time favorite movies. That is the 1992 film, The Last of the Mohicans. Oh,
2: I love this movie. As
1: do I. This probably movie, for
2: different reasons. <laughs>
1: Probably. This is the movie. This movie changed my life. Really? Yes. You don't know the story? No. All right. Well, let me get into it. Uh, So, Las Mohicans stars Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe, and Russell Means. Uh, Three trappers protect the daughters of a British colonel in the midst of the French and Indian War. Sam and I... Oh, do I have... I can quickly look. So, Sam and I reviewed this way back... Let's see if I can find it. Hmm. Not there so was it 2019 there it is episode 40 wow yeah sam and i reviewed this movie
2: and who from episode 40 is still listening that's what i'd like to know yeah me too (laughs) uh
1: okay do you want me to tell my last movie yes oh my goodness okay so back in this movie is the movie that set me on my way to becoming a film fan. Oh, cool. Somebody that no longer, this again, pretentious. I've told this story before, but there are people that like movies and there are people that love film. Mm-hmm. Pretentious as fuck, but that's the best way I could describe it. There's nothing wrong with liking movies. Nothing. You go to the movie theater, you enjoy a movie, you have a good time. And then there's people like myself that love film. I love the art of it, I love the craft of it, I love mm-hmm. to talk about it and that kind of stuff. So there's a difference. This le- This movie is the movie. That led me down that path. Wow. And what happened was <clears throat> I had no desire to ever watch this movie, but one of my best friends at the time, a girl he was seeing, she wanted to go see this and her friends. So I was kind of dragged along. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> cause if you, <clears throat> if you gotta look at the, well, the poster is pretty good with Daniel Day Lewis and his only action role.
2: Yeah But I I'm sorry The lead actor is Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah I would never have put that together
1: <laughs> You didn't know that was Daniel Day-Lewis? No
2: He's so young Yeah
1: Well it's 30 years ago It's crazy So I didn't know who Daniel Day-Lewis was yeah. When I watched this movie I didn't even know the director Michael Mann Who ends up becoming one of my f- Probably top 10 directors mm-hmm. Top 15 for sure But my thoughts on when I saw the promotional material for this movie, when I saw the trailer and stuff for that, I literally thought this was going to be like a romance novel, which it kind of is. But because you have Daniel Day-Lewis and Michael Mann in this film together, this film is beautiful. Hmm. As I was watching this movie, I'm watching... Arguably the greatest actor of our generation, of the last twenty years, last thirty years, you can put it up there. He's one of the greatest actors to ever grace the screen. So I'm watching, a, and I I'm seventeen at the time of this film. Okay. So I'm like, what? Like wow! Like this guy's good, and this is probably in the bottom third of his performances, but bottom third of Daniel Day Lewis's better than some people's best performances yeah so i'm like wow like this is really good and then the cinematography in this film is exquisite i was watching i'm like this is like seeing a painting on screen i'd never noticed how beautiful the film could look so these beautiful shots i think they filmed in virginia or south carolina wherever they filmed it it's Beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, being First Nations, First Nations people are very prominent in this film. This is my introduction to West. My introduction to West Duty, who is, who plays Magua the villain, who is one of my all-time favorite villains. I love his performance in this film. So I'm watching things that are resonating with me. And then that score, that op- the opening of this movie with that fucking score. The last movie can score is top five scores for me. Wow. The music in this film hits me hard. When the movie and the ending to this movie, the last twenty minutes of this film might be my favorite last twenty minutes of any movie. In all honesty, the only one I can think of that even compares to it would be the ending of Endgame. That's it. It was so beautiful. So I am I leave the theater, and everyone's kind of talking, and I'm just dumbfounded at what I had just seen. I went back seven more times.
2: Wow. And
1: this movie is the one that was responsible for me diving into movies. So Aww. after watching this, I started like, okay, I want to – find more movies like this i want to i want to know what a good movie is Mm -hmm. after watching this i kind of started to understand what the oscars were looking for now this movie i think the last weekend's only got one oscar nomination i think for sound design and so when that came when the oscars were announced and it only got like one nomination it won um i was like okay well yeah, Best Sound. I'm like, okay, this is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Like, what what won over this? Yeah. And then the score, I was wondering why the score didn't get nominated. Turns out it's not an original score. They did use some music for some other films, so that's why it wasn't nominated. And it that just led me down the path. And then two years later, Pulp Fiction comes out, and it's fucking game over. For Crazy.
2: Me. Oh, I had no idea. I love that. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, Last of the Weekends is one of my all-time favorite movies. I think it probably sits around sixth or seventh all-time favorite movies. I've already talked about how much how important this movie is to me, but this this movie just brings me nothing but joy, and I can watch it over and over again. Every time I watch it, I am just so happy at daniel de Lewis performances but i'm really riveted by west Studies performances magua and the cinematography just blows my mind how this doesn't get how this didn't get nominated for cinematography blows my oh, the fucking. Film. what were the cinematography nominations this year a river runs through it wins good looking film not better than this sorry hoffa didn't like hoffa howard's end fine the Lover, Haven't Seen, and Unforgiven is a beautiful film. There's no way in hell that this movie shouldn't have been nominated. That's my that's my story in Last Mohicans. You seemed excited about it.
2: So I just remember, and again, like Manny said, I'm not big into dissecting films. I don't... I. He talks about cinematography. I don't even know what cinematography is. (laughs) The visuals. Okay. That's what I assumed. But again, um, you know, directors, producers, when you say names, I don't know who they are or what they do. I'm like, is it an actor? No, I'm just going to sit here and pretend and nod and be mushy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember how movies make me feel. Um, I'm very emotionally attached Mm -hmm. to the films that I see. Um, and I just remember being a little girl, like, so 92, I don't know if I watched this the year that it came out, but it was roughly around the time. Like I remember being young. Um, so like the nine to 12 range, I would imagine, um, better things to do than sit. How long is this movie? Two twenty, I bet. Yeah, I remember it being long. Um oh, no, it's a buck fifty two. Okay, well still, two hours for like a young girl is yeah, I didn't sit through this whole movie. Shocker. <laughs> um to this day, it's very rare that I sit through a whole movie. Um I just remember it being very powerful, very striking. Um just the the movement, the language. Um I just yeah it was just it was a beautiful movie that's that's what I remember from this I don't think I've watched it since so after hearing your story it's definitely one that I'll have to revisit where I can actually fully appreciate it as an adult so next movie night yeah definitely it's fun
1: an excuse to watch this movie again uh so shock of all shocks is a five out of five for me yeah wow. Well,
2: easy five. Uh, I fucking love this movie cool
1: all right, next movie was a movie my daughter wanted to go see. I had no desire to see it. Really? No. Ah. There was nothing about this movie that led me to believe it was going to be good, and I was proven true. That movie is Boo. DC League of <laughs> Super Pets. Crypto, the Super Dog, and Superman are inseparable best friends, sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime side by side in Metropolis. However... Crypto must master his own powers for a rescue mission when Superman is kidnapped. Crypto, voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Ace, voiced by Kevin Hart, everyone's favorite uh, buddy bros in the world right now. Uh, their chemistry is easily apparent in this movie. I have no affection whatsoever for DC superheroes. I enjoy Batman, but even Batman himself would rank probably not even in my top 10 superheroes of all time.
2: I agree with that. I am a
1: Marvel fanboy through and through. I have no problem admitting it. (laughs) Now, granted, because I was a Marvel fanboy growing up, I only collected Marvel comics, so I never even read a lot of DC comics. I'm not disparaging them in any way, shape, or form, but I grew up on Marvel. I literally have over a thousand comics of Marvel Comics right there behind you.
2: I collected the collecting cards, not the comic books. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this didn't really appeal to me that much, but Maya really wanted to go see it. And any chance to go to the movie theater with my daughter, I will take. So Mm -hmm. I was happy to take her. Sadly, I didn't find myself laughing that often in this, but there are two incredibly entertaining moments. One, almost had me crying. Really? Yep.
2: Like, sad tears or happy tears? tears? Okay.
1: Sad tears because there is a moment where Spoilers? Not really. There's a moment where Ace, that is uh, whatever dog Kevin Hart is playing, talks about why he is in this foster home, why he's in this pet shop waiting to be adopted. His story is almost at the same level of heartache as Jesse's story in Toy Story 2. Oh what? Look at that, I can feel them cool. <laughs> Jesse's story is definitely more powerful, Yeah. but Ace's story is really good. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, you almost got a reaction out of me. And then there is an absolutely incredibly hilarious moment between Ace and Batman near the end of the film. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) The rest of the movie is okay. Yeah. There are definitely some moments... That's it right there. Is it? Yeah, playing. That moment yeah. there. Okay. When it happens in the movie, best part of the movie.
2: <laughs> We're watching the trailer yeah, on.
1: The trailer happens... There's no sound on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ideas in the film are incredibly inventive and a lot of fun. Uh, not really spoiling anything. The The villain in this movie is this uh, guinea pig who was being tested on by Lex Luthor. So she thinks that Lex Luthor is her owner and that they have this amazing bond where Lex Luthor just sees her as a guinea pig that he was running experiments on. Mm -hmm. So it's amusing. But she becomes basically all-powerful. That's the plot. She takes out the entire Justice League by herself.
2: Oh, crazy. Yes.
1: So, Crypto and these other dogs, or these other pets that um, get some powers in a way that's whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, they have to rescue the Justice League. Of course, yeah. There is a running joke. Oh, funny. Running joke. There is a turtle in the movie that gets super speed. Running joke. There's a running joke with that turtle throughout the film where she swears. But her swear is always cut off by a sound or it is literally bleeped out. It is so apparent what she's trying to say. And I was looking around like, all the kids in this theater know what she's saying. Despite the fact that it's being bleeped out, I'm like, I can't believe you guys kind of went there.
2: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, because all the kids have heard th- those words from their parents. Yeah, and so not my child. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, I'm not a. It's not a big deal to me, but I, I just found it to be an odd choice because mm-hmm. it, it it's right in your face.
2: Did Maya comment at all about that, or
1: I don't remember this movie. Even Maya said it was just okay.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay, because I'm dying to know what her thoughts are.
1: Yeah, she was like, it was okay. Okay. Yeah. So, DC League of Super Pets, it's a two out of five for me.
2: Wow. Okay, because Emmy really wants to see this. And we were going to go, I think, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to see this, too. The, uh,
1: there's no reason not to go. Yeah. I, personally think that you're going to really like it. Oh,
2: 100%. This yeah. like animated dogs cartoons 100%. This is my movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Not for me. Uh I didn't enjoy it. I'll be surprised if it gets anything lower than a 3 from you. Yeah. I'm thinking it's you are going to give this a 4. Okay. <laughs> this is this is a this is a this is made for Mushhead.
2: Nice. Love it. I'm awesome. excited. Okay,
1: cool. Uh and the last movie I want to talk about is the Netflix film The Gray Man, which is the most expensive movie Netflix has ever made.
2: I heard that. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, The Gray Man, uh, directed by the Russo brothers who did Avengers Endgame Mm -hmm. and Avengers Infinity War as well as um, Captain America Winter Soldier. So movies that I enjoy. uh, Starring uh, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, and Ryan Gosling. The plot, when the CIA's most skilled operative whose true identity is known to none accidentally uncovers a uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. (sighs) Chris Evans is desperate to shed off his Steve Rogers Captain America persona. Uh, He started off well in the movie Knives Out. Have you seen Knives Out? No, I haven't. Great film. That's a, definitely another movie that we should watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Plays a bit of an asshole in this large family dynamic. He's kind of like the the rich boy asshole in the family. It's fun. Still charming because it's mm-hmm. fucking Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, he plays a psychopathic uh, bounty hunter who is still charming because it's Chris Evans. But he's having fun with it. Now, he's in a completely different movie than everybody else. <clears throat> he is having a lot of fun. Everyone else is taking this pretty serious. Ryan Gosling is basically playing the same character that he did in Drive. Okay. He is super cool. Now, I don't think he's as cool as he is in Drive because I really like that character. But he has scenes where he is chewing a toothpick. He is the coolest guy in the room. The action scenes are well done and over the top. Mm -hmm. To the point where a lot of them are beyond belief. Now, that doesn't bother me because I watch James Bond films. Yeah. Right? You can just let it go.
2: Or what is um, Mission Impossible? Yep. Yeah. The
1: funny thing is with most Mission Impossible movies especially the later ones, like basically Ghost Protocol on, so like four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that he's doing these really incredible things, they come across as believable. Yeah, It's one of the great things, and I think part of it is because the stunts are done practically, and I know that it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was just going to say,
2: yeah, and the fact that he's actually the one that's doing most of them. Mm -hmm. Where
1: this, this one, he... Just does a lot that I'm having a hard time believing. Didn't take me out, but I was just like, nah, whatever. They just try to put too much into this movie. Like, he he has this, this father figure. Is the person that recruited him out of... We're talking about Ryan Gosling. He is recruited out of jail. Uh, to become a hitman for the CIA. And it's Billy Bob Thornton that convinces him to do it. So he has his father figure. And then we find out that Billy Bob Thornton has a niece who he is taking care of because her parents died. Then he is asked Ryan Gosling to look after her for a while while Billy Bob is away on some type of mission. So now we have Ryan Gosling forming this bond with this little girl. But this little girl can't just be a little girl. She also has a pacemaker. Huh. So she has a faulty heart. So we have to deal with that as well. And then we have to learn about other past trauma that Ryan Gosling has. They just keep adding these things into him. I'm like, you don't need this. It's not important to learn it's it serves no purpose to know that Ryan Gosling was abused as a child by his father. Mhm. There's no it serves no purpose except for us to be like that must have sucked. Yeah. Sorry he had a shitty life. Now granted some people have seen this might be yelling at me. It is important because his father is the person that he killed when he was younger. That's how he got in jail. Okay. Great. Mhm. It it's just not it wasn't They just put too much in. They're trying too hard. Don't try too hard. It's a stupid action film. (laughs) And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is throwing quips around. It's fun. Chris Evans is having the time of his life. Mm -hmm. I still had a good time with this movie. It was completely enjoyable. The action was great. The plot makes no sense. But it sure was fun to watch. Cool. Grey Man is a three out of five for me. Have you seen this?
2: No, it's on my watch list. Okay. Um, I wanted to try and get to it this week actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but just ran out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. I will watch it, um, but it's not one that I'm like dying to watch. Like I wanna watch the League of Super Pets over the Grey Man. <laughs> That's a poor choice. <laughs> It's a mushy choice. For me, it's a mushy choice. <laughs>
1: um, there is a scene, oh, of course, with any action film nowadays. Wait. Nope, I take it back. With every action film, the stars have to show off that they worked out for their role. Oh, yes. And there's a scene where Ryan Gosling is shirtless, and I honestly thought, I'm like, that's not him. Hmm. Cause he is ripped. Yeah. Now I'm a straight man, but Ryan Gosling in crazy, stupid love has one of the nicest bodies I've ever seen that scene that he has with that's a spoiler. There's a scene where he go, <laughs> there's a scene, he goes on a date with somebody and reenacts a moment from dirty dancing and he takes off his shirt. And one of the great lines from that movie, which is so incredibly enjoyable, is what are you, Photoshopped? I agree. He is delicious looking. In <laughs> but in here, he's like ripped. Mm-hmm. Like those big, like the big shoulder and big arm. Like, not to the point where you're like, ugh, like that's too big, because it still suits his frame. Mm-hmm. But like in Crazy Stupid Love, I think he, I I thought he was like, Kind of like the perfect body for his size and body type. But in here, he's like, he's kind of jacked. Like, yeah. even a little bit bigger. So, for any girls looking for a little visual yumminess, you'll get some in here. Because us guys get them all the time.
2: Eva Mendez is a lucky lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, those are the movies I've been watching. Cool. Let's get into. Our main review, and that is The Bodyguard. Released November 25th, 1992. Directed by Mick Jackson. Never heard of him. Uh, written by Lawrence Kasdan, an incredible screenwriter. Okay. His uh, credits include um, this little movie. You might have heard of it. It's called Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: Never heard of it. No? No. Yeah, he wrote
1: the Indiana Jones films. He also wrote this film. A
2: lot of people like
1: See if I can pronounce it correctly. I think it's called Star Wars: The The Empire Strikes Back.
2: Hmm. Again, never heard of it. Yeah. Weird.
1: So he's got. He also has. Um. He's also written a lot of other movies I like. He wrote and directed a movie that I like that I will never recommend, but it's Wyatt Earp. It's Kevin <laughs> Costner's uh, version. Wyatt. Yeah. Not we've, the, not Tombstone. No, I
2: know, but we've talked about this on Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you all know how I feel about he it. He also
1: wrote this other really great, very entertaining Western called Silverado that I fucking mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawrence Kasdan is a great uh, screenwriter. Nice. And this movie starring Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston, Gary Kemp. Who the fuck is Gary Kemp? Why do I have that name on there? Who's Gary Kemp?
2: Oh. Uh, uh, oh. Is he Sai? Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome. Met a meta score of
2: 39. I know when I was wa- I was like looking through and I was just like ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that is not good. That's low. Um this didn't win
1: any Oscars. It had two Oscar nominations though. Uh it was nominated for best original song. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And best original song Run to You. Ugh. Whitney. Um it did get seven Razzie nominations though. <laughs> I saw that. Didn't win any. <laughs> but it did get nominated for worst picture. Worst actor for Kevin Costner, no. No. Worst actress, Whitney Houston, you can make an argument. Trust me, I've seen worst acting in this year. Um, Worst screenplay, Mm, nope, I don't think so. Worst new star, Whitney Houston, and worst original song, Queen of the Night, which I believe you were were just singing to me Uh, before we started.
2: (laughs) I hate these people.
1: Yeah, the Razzies are assholes. Yeah. Yeah clearly uh, budget of 25 million it grossed 102 122 in the u.s that makes it the seventh highest grossing film uh domestically that year and 411 million dollars worldwide wow making it the second highest grossing film of the year do you know what number one is in
2: 92 yeah i'm gonna guess last of the mohicans no last of the Mohicans. oh, oh is that another oh, 92 oh that is a 92 yeah no. i don't know i don't know what was in 92 what
1: movie are we gonna do next week Aladdin? Aladdin's the highest-grossing film.
2: Wow. That's shocking to you? That is shocking to me. It's a fucking
1: Disney animated film.
2: I know, but still, it's an animated film. (laughs) Like, the kids are watching that.
1: All the kids are watching that.
2: Yeah, but there's...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The plot, a former Secret Service agent takes on the job of bodyguard to an R&B singer whose lifestyle is most unlike a president's. That's a horrible plot synopsis. (laughs) Jesus Christ. IMDb, do better. All right. Mashi, you, as soon as you saw that we had this on the docket, you raised your hand like a nerdy kid at the front of the class begging to be a part of this episode.
2: Mm -hmm. There's only one reason, and it's probably the exact same reason why I was all over Tombstone. Well, Tombstone's a little bit different, but...
1: All right. Tell me your spoiler-free thoughts on Bodyguard. Tell me if you can remember the first time you watched it and why you wanted to be a part of this episode.
2: Well, why I wanted to be a part of it is easy, so easy. Two words, Kevin Costner. He is the love of my life when I was younger. Oh, I just, I love all things Kevin Costner. I'm actually really surprised because it was much later into our friendship when I realized that you also were a Kevin Costner lover. Big time, <laughs> big time. <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, I just everything. Everything Kevin Costner. He's fantastic. Um, Whitney is incredible. Um, Watching it this time around really got to me. I wasn't expecting it to. Mm -hmm. um, So the fact that I was very emotional in different parts, um, just having that like foresight. um, Yeah, it really struck me. But I think this is a fantastic movie. When I when it first came out and I watched it, I, I think I watched it when it came out. I remember, again, I think I was like nine when it came out. I was over at my friend's house. So um, you rented it? Yeah, we were sitting in the living so it room. it
1: would have been m- mid-1993.
2: Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, the summertime-ish. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we just all sat around and the music loved the music. We had the cassette tapes. I remember being in the car and with my mom singing at the the top of my lungs. It would come on on the radio, just loving Whitney Houston. Um, It was just a great film. I obviously being that age, a lot of it, I didn't fully understand, but I knew the whole, um, superstar music, um, having somebody protect you and having somebody like threaten your life and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But again, I was still very young, very sheltered, didn't fully grasp the, like the bad guy, the stalking, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I just, it's a great film. It has Kevin Costner. Nice.
1: (laughs) I definitely saw this in the theater Mm -hmm. because this was one of the biggest hits of the year. And Well, I was 17, so all the girls wanted to see this movie. Both because of Kevin Costner and because it's a love story. Mm -hmm. And so guys got to take along because there's some action in it. So I saw this in the theater. I remember thinking it was okay. And then I've watched it. I've probably watched this movie, um, I don't know, maybe 15 times over my lifetime. I really only watch it for Kevin Costner. I have unabashedly express my love for this man oh. over the course of 219 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> I think he is just incredibly charismatic and he has this in- I was I want to say incredible but it's not entirely true. He has really good chemistry with Whitney Houston. I wouldn't go incredible. Like he has incredible chemistry with Susan Sarandon in Boulderham. That's incredible chemistry. And here it's it's good. What I enjoy about this film is Kevin Costner. (laughs) And you're right. Seeing Whitney again hit me a little bit more than I was anticipating. Partly, again, because we know where she goes. And it's so sad. I've always said about Whitney and her singing, I think she might be the most talented female singer I've ever seen. Just in regards to singing talent. I don't think anybody, I don't I don't think I've seen anybody come close to matching her voice, and the only person I could think of that I would say is even in the same league would be Adele. Oh wow. Other than that, like Whitney is I think the greatest female singer of of my lifetime Mm -hmm. and then everyone else is just trying to keep up yeah when it comes to when it it comes to pure singing talent watching her sing especially especially the song with no effort Mm -hmm. in it whatsoever it was like
2: she's speaking yeah yeah
1: it's mesmerizing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so it it did tug on my heartstrings a little bit yeah Sadly, her acting isn't as strong as her singing, but it's not so bad that it it pulls me out of the movie. But there's just some moments where she just can't carry what it is.
2: Yeah.
1: Other than that, this movie is thoroughly enjoyable for me. It's a Kevin Costner movie, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to love it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty rare. Like off the top of my head, I only know one Kevin Costner film that I've seen that I actively dislike. And that's the postman. It is not good. And what makes it even worse is like three hours long. Ugh. And I sat through it.
2: So that's like wider for me. I love Wyatt Earp. I know you do. I can't. I, I cannot get through the first part of it.
1: it you, need puts, him, you need him to get the tombstone.
2: I guess. Like I just need to start forty-five minutes into the movie. <laughs>
1: That's fair. That's fair. Um, All right. Why don't we get into the movie itself? Spoilers for The Bodyguard, a 30-year-old film. Three, two, one. Go fuck yourself. All right. The opening scene sets up Frank as a good bodyguard. We have this tracking shot of him holding what we obviously can assume is his client who has just been attacked. And he has shot a man. Um, we learn that he doesn't want a permanent position.
2: Can I say something? You can. So re-watching this, when that character came on, I was like, oh my gosh, is that Antonio Banderas? <laughs> I
1: think that actor is a, is a soap opera actor.
2: Yes, and that's probably why I recognize him, because growing up, my mom... Me like always had soap operas on. Um, I'm actually named after a soap opera character. Are you really? Yeah. That's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Ashley Abbott from The Young and the Restless. The Young and the <laughs>
1: Should we try and guess what date? What what soap opera this guy's from? Oh,
2: uh, I can't remember.
1: Okay, let's see if we can find him. Where is he?
2: But yeah, I actually had to stop and Google who this character, like the cast, um, because to me he was Antonio Banderas. 100%. It can't be
1: Charles Keating, is it? Is it that guy? Yeah. That is the guy. Okay, yeah. what's our guess?
0: Um, uh, cheating.
1: I'm, I'm trying to look. I'm going to go
0: Days of Our Lives. Days of Our
1: Lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'll, I'll go General Hospital. Okay. All right. He is known for As the World Turns. Ah. Uh, As Niles Mason.
2: Yeah. Funny. Is
1: that the only one? Yeah, that's where I recommend him from. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. That was Charles Keating by the way if anybody's interested butcher probably not uh, aka
2: Antonio Benders <laughs> he, uh,
1: we do learn he doesn't want permanent positions he's just there for short times he mm-hmm. doesn't want to grow attached apparently we also learn he doesn't want to protect celebrities and
2: and do needs like a housekeeper while he's away
1: yeah he's a bot like that's one of the things he's a bodyguard so he's all about maintaining security and stuff like that. But he allows his mail to, yes. to pile up outside his house. I'm like, hello, dude. Hello. Squatters.
2: Yes. That's exactly what I was <laughs> thinking. I was like, this man is going to have squatters in his house because nobody's picking up his junk mail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Fully agree. Yeah.
1: So it's, hold on. Uh, Devaney, uh, played by Bill Cobbs, who. We don't learn how he, we find out, but. Frank's apparently one of the best in the business and uh he comes over to try to recruit him but he doesn't work with celebrities but he uh gets enticed by a a very even it's 30 years ago and he's getting paid $3000 a week.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he requests it, right? Like originally it's $2, 000, 2000 and he's like, "Yeah. Uh
1: we do get a both amusing setup and then a, a little payoff later, uh, his knife skills. Mm-hmm. He screws up with the first
2: two knives. But is he really screwing up or is he just playing him? I think he's playing him. 100%. Th- he's having some fun. Yeah, it. but it's especially amusing. when it like throws backwards and yeah. he's like, whoop, I wouldn't stand there.
1: <laughs> uh, it's very amusing. It, it, that's me falling for Kevin Costner's charm. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, he's so charming. And his one-liners, this whole movie. <laughs> Love it.
1: Uh, so he agrees to look over the situation. And he goes to Rachel's house. I love this whole scene of him seeing how poorly her security is already set mm-hmm. up. Continually using fake names.
2: Did you see? So I, on my rewatch, yep. So I watched it twice before coming on my rewatch. I finally noticed in the rear view mirror. Did you see the truck? Yep. Okay. Oh
1: yeah. He sees the truck.
2: Yeah. But I didn't notice it <laughs> until my second rewatch. And I was uh. like,
1: <gasps> yes. Uh, so the speaker box doesn't work properly. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got a tick,
2: tick, yeah. with the little wires. Yeah.
1: The security is lax. Uh, we meet the driver, who
2: Henry, Henry. the chauffeur. Yeah.
1: Yep. Who lets him in just as easily?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he says his name is Henry Ford.
2: No, he Thomas, says that. Yeah. Tom Edison. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh, he says Henry Ford to the maid mm-hmm. who lets him. I
2: always thought that that was her mom.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, just because she's so like proper and like could be yeah
1: could it could be his mom her mom sorry Mm -hmm. uh i love that he just uses fake names to get access and walks right into the house Mm -hmm. we we meet rachel rachel Marin, and when we get that reveal of whitney houston it kind of took my breath away i'm Mm -hmm. like she's so beautiful she is she is strikingly beautiful and she's
2: so casual in that first scene too yeah. yeah just pure beauty raw beauty
1: she's very apprehensive about him being here doesn't want this to ruin her uh ruin her life or to even be her
2: image her yeah. image
1: or for this security change to even be noticeable mm-hmm. and you can see frank they start making all these rules and frank is just dumbfounded. fun he's like what the fuck like not a I'm not gonna work in these yeah conditions. why am I here so he he decides like I can't do this but he goes outside and I think he runs into Fletcher yep and it's Devaney that comes out and like begs him to stay like come see why we want to hire you so they take him up to Rachel's quote-unquote room which we find out later it's not her actual bedroom it's one that's staged for probably I think Sai calls it some show but like it's lifestyles- like a
2: magazine cover or something yeah, yeah. Something like that. lifestyle of the rich and did you see it no <laughs>
1: lifestyles of the rich and famous I used to watch yeah. that show and just had nothing but jealousy mm. I hated that show Aww. and I watched it every week I'm like you guys have a yacht that's bigger than me and my neighbor's house
2: <laughs> why can't I'd be rich and famous. (laughs) Yeah. No, I never thought that. I did.
1: I never thought why I can't I be rich and famous because I'm like, I have nothing to offer. (laughs) I have no skills. (laughs) Except for being a narcissistic asshole. Mm. Apparently that's a prerequisite for being famous, though. Oh,
0: there
2: you go.
1: I'm halfway there.
2: Yay. Uh,
1: But we find out that somebody broke into their room, left a note, and then masturbated on Mm -hmm. the
2: bed. The whole, like, dialogue language in that scene just cracks me up so much. I don't know if I should talk about it now or, like, during the quotes. <clears throat> Whatever you like. But they're talking, like, they, in the span of 10 seconds, mm-hmm. um, masturbated, jacked off, and then penetrated. But, like, they're talking about different things. Like, somebody came and penetrated the house. Mm-hmm. Like, good choice of words when somebody came into her bedroom and masturbated on the bed jacking himself off like it was just really funny the the language that they chose i appreciated it
1: now i'm not one to kink shame but i can't i i can't wrap my mind around the idea of getting excited that i'm in the same bedroom as the person i have a crush on and jerking off onto their bed would be exciting to me yeah i guess i'm the weirdo or is he the
2: weirdo? No, he's the weirdo. Okay, that makes me feel better. You don't break into somebody's house, and yeah, that's.
1: Well, I haven't been caught. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> um, so Frank decides to stay at. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. He realizes. Like, <laughs> this bitch needs my help. No, yeah. he's like, I don't want this job. Credits. Yeah. <laughs> the bodyguard, and then underneath, doesn't take the job. That's, that's this movie. So he starts to set up security. Uh, he gets Henry to, uh, to become his assistant and starts installing better security. He teaches ten- Henry how to drive, which Henry loves. Oh, ah, yeah. so fun. Yeah. you know He starts installing cameras, starts installing better windows, better gates, uh, cuts back some of the shrubbery mm-hmm. so they have better eye lines and all this stuff. And it's starting to upset Rachel. Mm-hmm. And... They, Rachel, is having. I think. I think it's brunch, but she's leaving a restaurant.
2: Yeah, brunch. Wednesday brunch, right? Yeah. Or is somebody trying to come over to the house? There's two parts.
1: Uh, I have it when they're leaving the restaurant, and
2: with the little girl. I think so. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The little girl, <laughs> and he kind of holds her back, <laughs> and I'm like, "Come on, come on."
2: Yeah like this uh, sweet little child.
1: Yeah. But this is where we get the... F- well, now our second glimpse of them being followed by the... I think it's the black Jeep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get back to the house. And then he chases the car?
2: Yeah, I don't get this. What is he trying to accomplish other than just getting ran over so he can no longer be an effective bodyguard?
1: Yeah, like I could understand like like... Everything about him chasing the car made sense until the end because he's, I I feel until the end of this scene, he's either trying to get the license plate or a look at the driver. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. But then right at the end, he leaps out of, right, almost into, yeah. like, what was the purpose of that? It looks
2: like he's about to jump onto the vehicle. Yeah. But he misses it and ends up rolling in the street as the vehicle drives by, like, almost hitting him. Yeah, like, what, what was the purpose? I don't know. Purpose? It makes no sense It to was me. weird. Yeah. Um,
1: Rachel and Frank go shopping mm-hmm. at a little secondhand store, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And the flirting starts. Rachel's testing the waters. Yeah. What I love about Whitney Houston's performance And this will actually touch on something you and I talked about prior to the podcast. Um, Kevin Costner gave this incredible eulogy Mm -hmm. at her funeral. They do have really good chemistry. Kevin Costner has been quoted saying that Whitney was the love of his life. Mm -hmm. I don't remember hearing anything about an off-screen romance between these two. No,
2: I think it was just that admiration that respect that that love I
1: have to think that something happened really I do the huh. way she looks at him throughout this film makes me believe like this was their only movie together yeah and he spoke at her eulogy yeah so they had some type of really great bond which in turn makes me sad because if Kevin Cared for Whitney as much as what it appears that he did. Seeing where she went in mm-hmm. life later must have been one of the hardest, heartbreaking. Things. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? Maybe they, maybe they just did have a great bond and just became really great friends. Who yeah, because
2: isn't Kevin married throughout this whole time?
1: Kevin's been married twice. Yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure he was married to his first wife during sure. this. The filming I of this, I
1: definitely think that has stopped. Hollywood superstars from Fair from not going outside the marriage. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he won't bow down to her. He won't give in to her demands. Mm-hmm. And it turns her on. She like all she does is ask him to get to grab that jacket, and he's like, "I'm here to protect you, not to." Help you you. shop. Yeah, I
2: wrote it down because I thought it was so cute. Um. And you
1: can see it both annoys her Mm -hmm. and impresses her because Frank's not in her entourage. He's not a yes man. He's there for his job to protect her and that's it. Yeah. I think she also sees this like as a bit of a challenge. She comes, Rachel comes across as like, I want it more when I can't have it.
2: Well, and I think that's the superstar mentality as well. You know, they're so used to either everybody wanting to be within their sphere to either have a, a just a glimpse or a part of that energy that is a superstar. So they're either leeching something from you or they're throwing themselves at you. You know, superstars are very accustomed to getting things for free. And, and so I think, She's just like, "Okay, well there's this guy, this attractive guy. I'm, you know, Rachel Marron, one of the biggest superstars, um singers. Of course, this guy is going to want me." You know, like she's never not had somebody fall at her feet just to be close to her, right? When you look like Whitney and mm-hmm. can sing like
1: Whitney, how could you not? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: uh they go to a club. This is another scene I really like. Mm-hmm. We we get the setup of Frank giving Rachel a transmitter so she can let him know whenever she needs him. Mm-hmm. Frank, not a fan of this. He sees this as a big security problem considering she has a legitimate stalker who has broken into her house. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rachel and Cy, they're aware that she also needs to continue her appearances to continue being a superstar Mm -hmm. and her
2: fame fame is fleeting right yeah
1: not back then though now it is yeah now fame is so fleeting you get out of the spotlight for two days and people like Mm -hmm.
2: they're done talking about you yeah yeah
1: uh but it's here at the club in the green room where Rachel gets another letter and we learn that Psy didn't tell her about the letter and the guy in the house. Mm-hmm. And so Rachel's now worried.
2: I'm not a Psy fan. Psy's like, an asshole. Yeah. Him, ugh, throughout the whole movie, just a big dick. I do not like him.
1: With the exception of Jerry Maguire, has any manager or agent ever
2: yeah good no yeah he 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 plays this role very well because i dislike him a lot
1: he does very similar to the agent in a star is born the guy's a dick yeah but you know their job is to promote their client as much as possible Mm -hmm. so
2: or exploit their client as much as possible right
1: because that's how they make their money yeah if the more money their client makes the more they make Mm -hmm. because they're they're paid a percentage not a not a wage yeah so if i can get her to make 100 million dollars that's 10 million for me Mm -hmm. so i get it doesn't mean i have to like it Mm -hmm. but she decides that she's not going to run from this freak and goes through with the show this scene one of the things i love about the scene is how the power dynamic switches a little bit when they're in public yeah in private and stuff like that frank has the power Mm -hmm. in public rachel does Mm -hmm. and this might be my favorite acted scene from rachel and it's all physical Mm -hmm. when she sticks up that hand You it, feel it. You do. Yeah. You really feel that power that she has. Yeah. Not just power over him, but the power of her on stage. Commanding. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I won't even lie. It's a bit of a turn on.
2: But that's also, that's Whitney. You yeah. Know, that's her on stage. That's the power of Whitney. Yeah. When yeah. she
1: sticks up, I think she sticks up with her hand like three times. Yeah, it's like scene. two or three times. And she puts up that hand and the way she looks at him, it's prob- my favorite moment with with rachel as the mm-hmm. character i absolutely love it um we get the <laughs> absolutely over the top costume underneath the big cloak
2: oh i loved it <laughs> of course you did oh it was so good <laughs> i was like that is my home girl mm. loved it
1: and we get a power ballad mm-hmm what was the name? Of this? Is this what was the song?
2: Um, Queen of the Is it the Queen of the, Night? Queen of the Night? Yeah, it is. It's Queen of the Night. Not a for Razzie, <laughs> not an Oscar for
1: a Razzie. Bullshit. Uh, this song eerily reminiscent of like Janet Jackson songs.
2: Oh, uh, I loved this song so much when I was younger. I mean, I still love it now. <laughs> like, I could rock out right now to it in my head. Do you want me to put it on the podcast? Yes.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: so I'll. Open the podcast with uh, I will always love okay. you. <laughs> and then I will end the podcast with Queen of the Night. Okay, perfect. Is
2: that good? Yeah, I love it. Done. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so Sid confronts, as she's singing, Sid confronts Frank. He says, Rachel needs to be herself. And this is the scene where we actually see that this is true. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, we've only we've only heard how popular Rachel is and what a star she is. Here, we actually get to see her being that star, which is easy because we're literally just watching Whitney. Yeah, and watching, like I stated earlier, in my opinion, the greatest singer mm-hmm. uh, of of my female singer of my generation. It's an absolute sight to behold.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the crowd rushes the stage.
2: Okay, when that first guy came on, I was like, this is a bad choice. Uh like and you can actually you can see the um like the security along the stage like mm-hmm. pushing back other people and I'm like, why wouldn't they have pulled? Like I don't see it as farmer's responsibility it's not. to go out on stage and push him off. It should be the security guards down yeah. in the crowd pulling them off.
1: Yeah, the security if you have if you have someone of this stature of what mm-hmm. we think Rachel Marin is who we learn is a massive pop icon, and spoiler for letterhead, an a Oscar nominated actress. Yeah, this is one of the biggest stars in the world. Mm-hmm. This is there. There isn't even a, a comparable person. Like I know people. Lady Gaga was Oscar nominated.
2: Yeah, it's different though. Yeah, it's
1: different. Like as popular as Lady Gaga is, this is back in the '90s where we had a monoculture. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a thousand channels. We had 12. Yep. So if somebody was the biggest star in the world, they literally were the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. And so this this is huge. So someone of this stature being at this club and their security being unable to handle. Minimal, Yeah. Yep. Now, granted, other people might be yelling, well, we see people rush on stage at concerts everywhere. Yeah, people sneak through. Mm-hmm. But still, it's not Frank's duty it's frank's duty to protect her but it's the venue's responsibility to for, have crowd s- control. for crowd 100%, control yep um but then when the crowd rushes the stage there's nothing anybody can do no you can't prepare for that amount of people rachel falls
2: mm-hmm. she and- gets pushed accidentally yep. but yeah uh,
1: and then is picked up by the crowd the nice thing with this being in the 90s is that she's just well, she's obviously scared because now she's no longer in any type of control and is being manhandled by hundreds of people. At least they're only crowd surfing her. Mm-hmm. I feel nowadays people will be trying to rip some oh, of that costume off. 100%. And probably a fair number of sexual assaults mm-hmm. copping a feel where they could. Mm-hmm. Frank grabs her and when he picks her up, she fucking melts. Yeah. You can see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like that. She is instantly glad, safe, feels safe, and so incredibly turned on. She is instantly wet. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking melts when he picks her up. Melts. Mm-hmm. Might be. Her second best performance part of this movie. <laughs> that look on her face when yeah. he picks her up is probably every girl's dream. Mm-hmm. To have that, to have your man, even though he's, not, at this point, he's not even no, her man. yeah. But to have a man make you feel that safe. That, yeah, 100%. It, is, it I shouldn't, it's not every girl's dream. There are gay women that don't want protection from a man. There are mm-hmm. straight women that don't want protection from a man.
2: But to have somebody. Yeah make you feel that safe that protected yep 100 and i feel like it's both ways like for a man or a woman to to have somebody that you're just yeah easily somebody that you could feel safe with yeah I'm just not like to think. protect you but like th- where you know no matter what who you are your heart is safe with them just trying to think
1: i'm 100 agree but
2: you would want that hell yeah yes hell yeah yeah
1: So Tony tries to lead the way out. Fuck Tony.
2: I hate Tony. I hate Tony so much. No, you hate Tony at the beginning. I hate Tony in the beginning. You hate Tony
1: until we get back to the mansion. Yeah. Okay. But.
2: No, after the hotel.
1: After the hotel?
2: Yeah. You know, when they go to the hotel. I can't remember. It's like for an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I still don't like Tony then. Okay. It's after that.
1: That's fair. Um... So Tony tries to lead the way, but Frank has follow al-
2: me, guys. I know what I'm doing.
1: But Frank has already sent the limo out back mm-hmm. because he knows that that's the best route. He's smarter. Yes. Well, Tony, like Tony, thinks that he knows what's best, but he's like he's been protecting Rachel. He says, uh, we learn later, earlier on, he's doing this out of love. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that he's in love with Rachel. It never comes across that way. It's that he's probably been her bodyguard for a long time and Mm -hmm. they have a a very close bond. I don't think he pines after her. No,
2: I don't think so either. I think it's more... A big um, brother kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. But... And he's used to having her tell him what to do, not the other way around.
1: Yeah. And... Tony... What Tony is having a hard time with because it's a guy thing mm-hmm. to alpha's butting heads only one of them can be and he doesn't really want to acknowledge that frank will be better than him at this job frank's protected the president mm-hmm. so he would obviously know i have a much better idea but uh they go out back and they head home safely uh, in the limo, she's obviously shaken by what's mm-hmm. happened. I would be shaken yeah. by what's happened. It would be very scary to just be, to be overwhelmed by a crowd where you you literally have no control of your body. And she
2: has been kind of, quote unquote, like ripped apart at this point too, yeah. right? Like the crowd has. Uh, did she fall in the crowd? Like she? Kind of, yep. Oh no! Yeah. So oh. One of my favorite parts, and I'm sure you saw it, but I don't want to go past it without talking about it. So, Buddy with the blonde hair, her stalker. We're not there yet. No, in the crowd. You must, oh. did you see it? Oh, yeah. Okay, when like Frank like yeets him, like he kicks him and he goes flying. Ah, oh, it's so good.
1: That guy's really creepy.
2: Yes, he's so creepy. Do you think
1: that actor had a hard time getting dates after this movie?
2: Well, probably not because I'm sure he's either dyed his hair or is wearing a wig. Um, Yeah, I don't know what he looks like in real life, but I can't see him being that creepy. Like, if in real life now, we probably wouldn't even recognize him. I hope.
1: Hmm. Can't find him in here.
2: Hmm. Whatever. But yeah, I I hope not. To be known as the creep from the bodyguard for the rest of your life? That would be horrible. Him. No pictures. Hmm. I'll see if I can find him.
1: Christopher Burt. It's not Gary Bannon. It's not Joe I wish I could nem- remember the character's name. I'm pretty sure that's him. I'm pretty sure he is Henry. No. no, Henry's the Chauffeur. Oh, that is Henry the Chauffeur. I got nothing. I can't find him. Anyways. Um, back at the party, or at the club, uh, Creepy Guy gets Rachel's glove.
2: Tony Pierce. Tony
1: Pierce. Dan.
2: We're pausing to Google Tony Pierce. If you would also like to Google Tony Pierce, you will know what we're talking about.
1: no pictures of him on IMDb.
2: Oh, this guy.
1: Yeah, that's him. Wow, he looks normal there. Yeah. Good for him. Um, okay. Back at the mansion, um, Frank puts Rachel to bed. Again, you can see that she's loving this. Being taken care of by Frank, and who wouldn't? It's fucking Kevin Costner. He can tuck me into bed anytime yeah, he wants. Tony
2: Pierce is actually in *Dances with Wolves*, with Kevin Costner.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's one of the people at the end of the movie in the, that come to his. Spoiler alert for *Dances with Wolves*, <laughs> which I cannot wait to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the. One of the army guys that show up after he's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at the end. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Uh, we go to the kitchen.
2: Oh, great scene. He's
1: eating the apple with a knife. No,
2: it's a peach. It's a peach? 100% it's a peach or nectarine. It's not an apple.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Tony arrives soaking wet.
2: Mm-hmm. Pissed off. Very
1: pissed off tries to sucker punch him, mm-hmm. misses, and then gets swept off his feet, kicked a little and then put the puts a chair over his throat. A fucking badass move I've always loved. Yes. Oh. Doesn't learn his lesson. you mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd think after that, you'd learn you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't fuck with this guy. And
2: Farmer is so coo- cool, yes. so smooth throughout this whole scene.
1: Yeah. Uh, tries again, gets his ass kicked. Gets mm-hmm. the always fun dragging them across a tabletop or countertop, smashing glasses, everything and everywhere. Yeah, throws him down. Uh,
2: He's bleeding now at this point. Yep. Yep.
1: And then Farmer starts to clean up his mess, mm-hmm. picking up the gr- and uh, Tony grabs a knife, and Farmer <laughs> takes out his knife flips it in the air throws it right by tony's head
2: like you can feel it i can feel when it hits yeah like you can feel the air go by yeah yeah and then
1: says i don't want to talk about this ever again yeah classic And Tony's oh. just like just nods puts the knife down yeah knows that there's right a new there. alpha yeah there's a new head head dog in, mm-hmm. in the house uh one of my favorite scenes in the movie Mm-hmm. possibly might be my winner really oh i fucking love uh, that scene love that scene yeah <clears throat> uh the next day all right we assume it's the next day mm-hmm. rachel awkwardly asks frank out
2: yeah it's kind of cute it is Super in her cute. snazzy running shirt or running out she can yeah. wear that any time
1: she wants <laughs> that was a visual treat oh uh. Yum, yummy, yum nurses.
2: This scene is so cute. It's
1: super cute. And I wish girls would ask
2: me out. Aww. (sighs) (laughs) I have a hard time believing that girls haven't asked you out.
1: The shitty part is, Mushhead, is that I got hit on a lot at the bar. This is true. But I was so insecure and stupid that I passed up on 99 percent mm. of them hmm. i look back i'm like i definitely i women were throwing this sounds so braggy but thankfully mushed knows i had women throwing themselves at me at the bar and i never took up any of those it's all, of those opportunities. interesting
2: too that you said that you were insecure because you always came across that you were way too confident way too cocky better than everybody and that's why. You're like, "No, I'm here to do me."
1: I was I was there to dance. Yeah. And uh yeah, I was way too I, I was <laughs> on the dance floor. I'm extremely confident. You're
2: Whitney on the dance floor. I'm
1: Whitney on the dance floor. Off the dance floor, mm-hmm. I'm fucking urkel. I, <laughs> no, no. No. I have my own insecurity issues to deal with, but yeah. On the dance floor, most of the time I felt like I'm like, I am the fucking king of this place. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is I was always terrified that somebody better would come along and make me look like an asshole. That's I was terrified. Never happened. I live in a small city, so <laughs> I was a big fish
2: in a little pond for a little while. No, you're being modest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, But it's, it's really cute. Uh, Rachel asking him out. We see uh, the limo going through a car wash and fucking creepy guys somehow got into the limo. How? The only way I can think of, because we see that Henry's not in it. So for some some way, this limo is automatically going mm-hmm. through. So the only way I see it is that it's on a track that pulls it through. So Henry pulls it onto the track, gets out, and as it's being pulled through, because it's limo and longer, he jumps into the back. That's the only way I see it. Because yeah. if he opened the door at any time, that inside is getting soaked. Yeah. So that's the only way I see it happening. Yeah. Either way, who cares? We're talking logistics. It's a movie.
2: I know, but that whole scene, I didn't. I never bought. I was just like, "What? This yeah. doesn't make any sense. How did he get in there?"
1: And also, he like he reaches into the seat and pulls out one of her autograph pictures. Mm-hmm. How did that get in there? Yeah. You oh have, you would have to push that picture in there. To yeah. To get that in there, like we. I know we see the scene where she's asking people to sign it, but think of think of seats and for you to get a picture in there but
2: that whole scene is when they start getting chased right so henry when they're driving back from like brunch or lunch or whatever um he steps on it like he floors it and everything kind of goes flying you see it Mm. and then i would imagine when they're getting out of the limo they're pushing everything shoving everything trying to grab their stuff like that's just how i envisioned it okay
1: i love that explanation Mm. thank you i retract my statement okay Oh, we see his little shrine he's built in his locker. We don't know where this locker is, though.
2: I'm like Grand Central Station. Oh, you think it's there? Well, no, I, not at Grand Central, st- but like that type of like oh. an airport or really? oh, a I, gym or something like that.
1: Oh, I thought it was at work.
2: Maybe. Yeah. I think
1: it's at work. Whatever, whatever's work is, I think it's there. Like a janitor type yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: Yep. But again, like, an, like he could be like a janitor at an airport or something because he does. Somebody comes walking up like behind him and he quickly closes it
1: do you really want to show that off no right
2: look at my creepy shrine
1: no i've never had a creepy shrine
2: oh no no i collected like stickers and stuff but (laughs) i don't think that counts i never
1: even like i like (laughs) even with all of my like my like loves of my life so Alyssa Milano was my first one. Mm-hmm. And then Janet Jackson, Sharon Stone, and Charlize Theron. I've never like cut out pictures of them and posted them like on my wall or anything like that. Hmm. I never even bought posters of girls when I was younger. So yeah, I never built a shrine.
2: Hmm. I had cars. Cars on my wall. Cars? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Dodge Vipers. <laughs> wow. It was weird. It was a weird child.
1: The first time I ever was moving faster than 200 kilometers an hour was in the dodge viper really yeah i Ugh. was driving i was the passenger yeah didn't know we were going that fast crazy we did 160 over the halston bridge no, what yeah
2: oh my goodness
1: i know i was like i was in the passenger. Seat, i'm like why well, we're going really fast And i look over i'm like 160 <laughs> i'm like pretty sure the limit's 50 <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah when we got we went we're going from the North shore to the reserve. Mm-hmm. And then when we got out onto the highway between the turnoff and the KXA, he got yep. us up to two Oh four. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that, that was my land speed record for a while. Nice. And it didn't feel that fast in the Viper. No. Nope. Sure didn't. It was, it was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, Frank's takes Rachel to the movies. Mm-hmm. The movie he goes to see is Yo Yimbo, a Japanese film by Kira Kawasawa. A very famous Japanese I filmmaker. You know this. I know, but Yo Yimbo in Japanese means bodyguard.
2: I was just gonna say, is it the bodyguard? Yes. Uh,
1: they go to a country bar. They flirt a little. No,
2: just a little. So cute.
1: They're having a little. Um, he has a
2: beer. Yep. Which surprises me, and I guess fair enough. Like he's off duty, kind of. Yeah, but if he's he shouldn't be off
1: duty. They are on a date, mm-hmm. but she still needs protecting. Yeah,
2: I was surprised that he had a beer. <clears throat>
1: That's Kevin Costner.
2: One beer. I know. Good. Kevin I Coss- know.
1: Guy drinks like 24 <laughs> to get a buzz, cause he's a man's man. But also, I what one beer would do to me. It would probably fuck me up.
2: Oh, 100%. One beer would fuck me up. Uh no, cause you like hmm. you have like the body weight ratio. Okay. Right. Did she call me fat? no i just called you like you oh my gosh whatever does one
1: beer fuck you up
2: it depends what size of beer like if it's a pint like the bigger ones by the end of it i'm i'm feeling really happy yeah if i have two i can't walk straight
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what would happen to me
2: yeah probably i'd be fucked
1: up i'm gonna go get drunk
2: don't you know you're not sure i am you're such a liar. You're gonna, you've gone your whole life, and now is the point where you're just like, hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go have a beer. Yeah. I don't believe you. This weekend. You're such a liar. At Ribfest. You're a liar. <laughs> <coughs> uh.
1: They start to dive into their past together, mm-hmm. and Kevin Costner plays a very mean joke, pretending that the woman he loved died while he was protecting it's her. It's funny. It's funny. Mean. And he lets it go on for a little
2: long. Yeah.
1: And Whitney or Rachel feels like
2: shit. Shit. Yeah.
1: And then he does his little fucking Kevin Costner smirk and laugh. Yeah. And a little giggle. And I melt. Me too. Yet again. Um,
2: Can't stay mad at this guy. She can't.
1: The moment he reveals it's a joke, she gets mad for an instant. Mm -hmm. And then the way she looks at him, she is fucking smitten.
2: Smitten kitten. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or she's horny.
2: Isn't it the same thing? <laughs> not really. There's a difference. <laughs> smitten kitten, though. That's Oh, she is so smitten. With yeah. You.
1: How can you not be? It's Kevin Costner. <laughs> <clears throat> they go to dance. I Will Always Love You is playing a country version. Yeah. Doesn't sound very good. No,
2: it sounds like ho- it's horrible. It's even
1: like not even the country version they should have played.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They should have played. I want to hear the Dolly version. Yeah.
2: I'm really surprised that they didn't have the Dolly version.
1: Uh they listen to the words and laugh over how depressing it is Mm -hmm. and their chemistry is in full effect they go back to frank's apartment
2: is this a full service date
1: wow she is forward
2: I just love it when they're sitting there and she's just like, I'm talking about dancing and we're thinking, we know what's happening because we've watched the movie before. You are not just thinking about dancing. And yes, this is a full service date.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, She grabs the sword Mm -hmm. and he shows how sharp it is. Mm
2: -hmm. Great, great part. Yeah, you like that? Yes. (laughs)
1: Uh, they I, kiss oh, I remember oh. that
2: scene as a little girl Yeah it's a pretty impressive scene Yeah because it's so dangerous Like you don't realize Oh it's just fun and playing around And then oh my gosh That could like rip me apart and kill me instantly Yes It's a great scene It's
1: to show how dangerous everything is around her mm-hmm. That's part of the reason for this scene mm-hmm. And uh, they kiss And they fuck mm-hmm.
2: But they don't show it on screen They it's don't 14 14- g 14 a i don't know what it is
1: oh you're talking about the canadian rate (laughs) the canadian rating it's pg pg there you go uh the thing that confuses me though is they're at frank's apartment Mm -hmm. and they wake up at rachel's mansion no they're not at frank's place he doesn't
2: live in an apartment he has a house
1: his so he he stays on at the mansion, he has his little pool house. Right, he's got it. It's an apartment, a condo, whatever. It's not. It's not a separate house because you can see when he arrives with all the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking condo or whatever you want to call it, a townhouse, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's where they're at with the sword. Right. Yeah, they're but in like the his little basement area. Is that is at the mansion? Really? I, I swear, I
2: always thought that that was Frank's room at his house. I never thought that it was. At the mansion. I never put that together. If
1: that's the case, if it's at Frank's house, why the fuck is he leaving her there? He gets up, gets dressed, and leaves. Really? Yes.
2: Oh, I miss that.
1: Because <laughs> they have the whole, she's all like, you can protect me, but you can't fuck
2: yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You and, can be my, go- yeah, my bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: But, and then he leaves her in that room.
2: See, I always thought that he just left the room. Like, he's in the kitchen, like, making breakfast. That's what I he's always thought. He's 100%
1: not making breakfast. Huh. He's doing he's doing standard guy bullshit. Mm-hmm. He got laid. He's got post-nut clarity. Ugh. He's like, I got what I want. <laughs> she is hurt. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. He's being an asshole yeah
2: i need to keep my head clear bullshit
1: standard guy bullshit after he got laid
2: mm-hmm.
1: post-net clarity is what we call it <laughs> i've never heard that never heard of post-net no. clarity oh yeah
2: <laughs> see i always thought that it was more because of like his whole reagan story reagan 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 reagan, reagan, <laughs> reagan whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> that president that guy. ronald <laughs> The guy that
1: only helped stop the Cold War. Double R. Who oh, cares? I'm,
2: the Cold War? Mm.
1: You don't even know what the fucking Cold War is? Was that Holy in Russia? Sh- no, don't worry okay. about it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Poland?
1: Don't worry about it Russia. <laughs> wow. Was it really? Like it was the winter time? How about we just let it go? <laughs> How about we just let it go? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you're talking about Reagan. Ronald. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Ronald
2: Reagan? Ronald Reagan. 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 Okay. Yeah. Stop confusing me. Is it Reagan or Regan? It's Reagan. Reagan. Thank you. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Yes. That whole story. That's what I always thought. It's his emotional trauma that he's carrying from being away that day, which we find out later in the story.
1: Yes. Yeah. So his emotional trauma.
2: Why he doesn't want to get too close, too attached is because every time he does get close to somebody, something bad happens. His wife died. His mom died. His mom died. Yeah. His wife left him. Right. Yeah. And then Reagan. Got shot. Got, got shot. shot. Yeah.
1: So the president gets shot so he can't fuck.
2: He can't get emotionally attached. <laughs> Clearly he can fuck.
1: He's a dick. Okay. This is, this is a dick move. It is a dick move. I like, I love Kevin Costner, but this is a fucking dick move. This is a complete asshole thing. Mm-hmm. And this is
2: Farmer plowing his fields. <laughs> <laughs> and then letting the hired help sow it. I don't know. That's a bad analogy. That's a bad
1: analogy. <laughs> but she calls him out on being an asshole. Yes, yeah, good for her. Yeah, definitely good for her. Queen. Yeah. Guys need to be called out being an asshole a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Especially back then. Mm-hmm. We learned that Rachel gets nominated for Best Actress. And... They go to Miami. Go,
2: oh, sorry, uh, Os- Oscars, right? Golden Globes. I can cannot remember. Oscars. Okay, also known as the Academy Awards. Correct. Man, it's so hard to keep these straight. Holy shit! <laughs>
1: uh, she lashes out at him, rightfully so. She's still pissed. Yeah. And I have no problem with this. Be pissed. He's a dick. Uh, we get to see her sing. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love you. Uh, there's a party at the penthouse, and Frank runs into Portman, another bodyguard, mm-hmm.
2: right,
1: who is guarding. I think he says a sender,
2: something like that. Something yeah, like that. or just some other guy. I think is he doesn't really say, but yeah, he alludes. It's somebody obviously yeah. important. Yeah, um, who's um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's talking about oh, I'm I'm off duty, somebody else is guard or watching him or guarding him. Yeah. And she's much younger or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Shocker. Mm-hmm.
1: God men are pigs. Such pigs. Such pigs. Uh Rachel comes over mm-hmm. and she starts to flirt with him. To make Frank jealous.
2: Mm-hmm. 100 percent
1: Bitch move. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I was like, I've done that. <laughs> Couldn't they pick a better looking guy?
2: Yeah, he's not attractive. No, he's he's not. got like dirty Miami Vice Vibes.
1: He is not an attractive man. No. It, this this role should be somebody at least at least competitive to Kevin Costner. Yeah, and this man is not.
2: So what's his name? portman portman is that his the character's name yeah the character's name is portman so who's thuringer because who's, who Th- thuringer? Thuringer. thuringer 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 don't they say in the movie that his name is thuringer no, is that's that like a guy. last name <coughs>
0: huh
2: Anyways, I thought towards the end, they called him Thuringer. And then when I was looking over different quotes, they call him Portman. Portman? Yeah.
1: Portman is the... This is the actor that played Thuringer.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, that's Denny Glover.
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know who this guy is in the movie.
2: Oh, okay. Neither do I. Anyways. Okay. What about him? No, I was just, I was very confused with what this guy, what, like his name. I was like, is Thuringer like a last name and Portman's his first name? No, those
1: two different characters. Okay. No idea who this guy was in the movie. Okay.
2: If you guys know and you can explain it to me, please comment below. Can you comment on this? I don't even know. I can't comment.
1: Okay. Oh, wait. Rachel takes Portman into her room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start making out. He's gross. He is gross. Um, she stops it. We get a little, um, <laughs> a little reminder of uh, like men. A ha- well, a little reminder of hashtag me too. Yeah. Takes about fifteen nose and. F- physically pushing him for him to get the hint that she said no mm-hmm. that was a nice reminder yeah this of- is another
2: like god complex like i save your life and i'm this and i'm that you can't say no to me and yeah you're just like a weak little female yeah mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> god my people are my gender is fucking disgusting oh. um <laughs> so frank's angry jealous so he goes to walk the route again, and then beats up a completely innocent man, kicks the shit out of him.
2: He had, I mean, yes, he didn't have being hit, but he was ch- like Chachi. He kind of deserved it. He didn't get. He doesn't deserve getting his ass kicked he deserved and bleeding, punched. I don't. I don't know. He. I. I don't. Frank definitely what's the word um overreacted oh you you think yes 100 percent. he overreacted (laughs) but at the same time like the guy had it coming he wasn't just sitting there he's like oh mind your own fucking business (laughs) you smoke my cigarettes (laughs) in a kitchen i'm gonna have shit all over the floor (laughs) you can't talk to me i would have punched him too holy christ (laughs) and then his wife (laughs) don't hit my and she comes running who does that you do no for one for one i wouldn't work with my partner
1: <laughs> i don't think they were working together the way he was dressed made me think that he was just there to pick up his wife
2: no he was easily like a dishwasher he he's had wearing a hawaiian shirt he had the apron on i don't remember the apron he was easily taking a break all right and then his wife is like so a maid well it's a big fucking hotel what's she doing in the kitchen but she's getting a side leaving. snack What'd you say? They're gonna fuck there? <laughs> no, it's a side snack.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you're on farmer's side. On this, this is bullshit. Uh, I'm gets always a- gonna be on farmer's side, <laughs> even when he fucking busts a nut and, and busts out the door.
2: Yeah, still a hundred percent. You're I'm- fucked up. Fucked up. Because I see it. I see it for like inside. Like where his, his heart, inner, his inner turmoil. Yeah, where that's coming where was the
1: inner turmoil f- six hours before when he was balls deep in her.
2: <laughs> the passion took over. Yeah, and then he has got you've post, never, not clarity. You've never had let allow the like turned your brain off you're like this is something that i shouldn't be doing but i'm going to do it anyways and then in the morning you regret like no i should have been like an active adult and i should have stopped this but i didn't so now i need to stop it from going any further how old is frank he's a grown-ass man
1: how old youngest possibly that frank farmer could be 42 youngest I, i agree he's in his 40s okay I don't do any shit like that in my forties. In my twenties, when I was a stupid young boy, controlled by my hormones, one hundred percent, I was even bigger asshole than I If back you then. were
2: had the opportunity to sleep with a superstar.
1: <laughs> Am I her bodyguard?
2: Yeah. No. What? Fuck. No. And you had a beer?
1: Oh, okay. I'm oh, fucked. <laughs> I forgot the alcohol part. I keep forgetting about the alcohol. Because I've never had the alcohol, alcoholic inhibitions. Yeah. Never had that.
2: It clouds your judgment 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen some... I was going to say something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is this from a weekend you had recently? No. Is it? No. No, no, no. no, no. 100% no. Okay.
1: But I was going to take a shot at somebody that was there. I was going to say, I've seen some of the people T-Bowman went home with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. We're talking about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: you listening right now? We're talking about you. You know um, who you are.
1: But yeah. Anyways, uh, I always I one hundred percent forget about the alcohol because I've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. So you were right. Thank you. Yeah, I was wrong. You were
2: right. It's always the way. Oh.
1: <laughs> Settle down. Uh, so Rachel gets a creepy phone call.
2: No. Oh, Fletcher. Yeah. yeah. Fletcher, no Fletcher.
1: Yeah, Fletcher, no Fletcher. Uh, Frank wants to quit. She, He goes out to the balcony where Rachel is, and she's scared. She's just sitting there, yeah. And what's she doing?
2: Is she crying? Oh, she's smoking. Breaks my heart to really? see Whitney smoke.
1: Do you know what that would do to her throat and voice?
2: Yeah, fair enough. Whitney,
1: no. Hmm. Don't do it, sweetheart. Next thing you know, she's smoking crack. Oh, Oh. That's where it went. Segway. Oh, bad. Whitney, no. Um, He tells her he can't protect her like this. They just can't do it. She needs to take a break from her routine. So they go to his cabin. It's fucking gorgeous.
2: And we finally get to see Frank Farmer... In jeans.
1: Oh, <laughs> is that what you wanted?
2: <laughs> yes. Give the people what they want. Kevin Costner in jeans and wool sweaters. There's nothing sexier. Nothing sexier? Ugh. I have a great story, but I'll tell it after.
1: Oh, can't tell it on there?
2: No. No, oh. oh no, like after the movie. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, okay. Uh so I, it that was at uh Lake Tahoe. Mm. That's where it was filmed, it looks like. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. Yeah, looks like Lake Tahoe. Uh, All honesty, my first reaction, every time I see something beautiful like that, I'm like, oh, it's still in BC. Yeah. (laughs) Every time. Uh,
2: Is Lake Tahoe in BC?
1: No, Lake Tahoe is in California. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) They have a nice dinner.
2: A family dinner. Family dinner. Mm-hmm. Fletcher
1: and Nikki, who we forgot to even mention. Nikki. Oh fuck, Nikki. <laughs> uh, Fletcher, Nikki, Frank, Frank's dad, and Rachel. Is that it? Herb Fletcher
2: or something? What's his name? Herb. Herb. Herb.
1: Harry. Harry. Harry.
2: No, I think it's Herb. Herb. Yeah.
1: I feel like there's one other person that was there.
2: Oh, um, the black guy. D- 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 Devaney. Yeah. He's at the cabin? Yeah. Okay,
1: cool. All right. Uh, we learn that Frank is working through his fears. We get some amusing stories. He has really great chemistry with the actor playing his father, Herb. hmm And uh, they have the chess match is adorable. Mm-hmm. Fletcher knows the movie. So big. cute. Super cute. And then Herb's just
2: like, you're going to come and sit here yeah. with me. And they've been playing for like three, three years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever played chess? No, I can't play chess. Neither can I. I can play checkers. I can play checkers. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Can I play chess? That's giving me the benefit of the doubt. Thank you. I love you for that. I know. I'm right?
1: <laughs> nice sometimes.
2: Sometimes.
1: There's your one for the night. Aw, thank I you. Know. hope you liked it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> and saying that you were right. That was the other one. you got a double dip. Woohoo. hoo uh, Nikki and Frank talk. She makes a pass at them.
2: Of course she does she little, she She's fucking jealous She's a jealous sister Yeah
1: We find out how jealous uh, mm-hmm. In about 10 minutes from Yeah now. Uh, She gets shot down And then she doesn't handle rejection well <laughs> As most women don't
2: No I don't know a lot of women That can handle rejection No
1: they don't handle rejection well I've, I have I have shot down some women And it did, it did not go well mm-hmm. They do not like Which is so funny <laughs> they don't like the word no. They don't like hearing it. They like to say it. I shouldn't say they like to say it. They definitely don't like to say it. If they have to say it, it's probably bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they don't like hearing it.
2: We know how to use it. Let's, yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't hear it.
2: <laughs> no, you don't. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: That's why we've perfected how to say it. <laughs> That's why we've
1: perfected to not hear yeah. it. Let's,
2: let's try the ten different ways of how to say no. Yeah, we already saw to make that it scene. registered. Yeah. We already saw that scene. <laughs> Aww.
1: <laughs> um, Frank and Dad go for a walk. We get that really nice scene of the sisters singing together. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves me. Yeah, really, uh, really adorable, really nice harmonization. Again, anytime we get Whitney singing, mm-hmm. let's just do it. But
2: I always felt so bad because Nikki has a very beautiful voice, um, but it does it just. I don't know foreshadows, but like if that's the right word, but it it just captures their whole relationship Mm -hmm. of Nikki starting out and then Rachel coming and just completely overshadowing her. And that's kind of how the song ends, right? Like,
1: Yeah, I think at least it comes across that Rachel's intent isn't malicious. Mm -hmm. She's just like, oh, I want to sing with my sister. She sees this as a beautiful moment, and Nikki's just like, this is my fucking life, Mm -hmm. and this is why I did what I did. Yeah. Frank sees footprints in the snow.
2: Have we... Oh, yeah. Okay. We're getting up to the part.
1: Fletcher's going on the boat by himself.
2: Fletcher. Okay. Can we talk about Fletcher for a second? Let's do it. In every scene, almost every scene, except for maybe one or two, Fletcher is by... Some type of water he's either by the pool at the house, playing mm-hmm. with a sailboat um he's always near water. he's always got his like swim trunks on, yep to h- have him not know how to swim, yeah, how is this possible? He's I left agree. unattended. In the backyard with a giant swimming pool. Like, is, the, pool. is it just like a wade pool? Like, where he no, can stand? Nope. Exactly. There's a deep end. He doesn't have any water wings. And literally, there's no adult supervision.
1: He For a, for a... I hate to be gender specific. For a boy that age to not... Because he's swim. what?
2: Like, I would say seven or eight. Like, eight?
1: Eight? I'm thinking ten to ten. Oh, t- really? Ten, eleven.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't think he was that old. But, like, maybe eight to ten.
1: Yeah. Eight to ten and can't swim. Yeah. No.
2: Like I can understand not being able to swim in a lake when you're fully closed. Like nobody, you're going mean, to, anyone's going to have a hard time doing that. But yeah, I there's no way I would let my smaller child be unsupervised in a backyard near a giant pool knowing that they can't swim.
1: Okay, I had a pool when I was grade four and five. So that's nine and ten. Was I unsupervised?
2: Like, I no. know. <clears throat> now, granted,
1: granted. I'm casting no aspersions to my mother here. And at the time, my mother's boyfriend, who we were living with. I'm a really good swimmer. Mm-hmm. And I'd had numerous swimming lessons by the time I was this age. Like, lots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can remember playing around the pool... The pool itself, the pool area that we had, was fenced off. Mm -hmm. But I can remember numerous times. It was a game I actually played with my friend. I'm going to get into this. I would take all of my action figures, like my G.I. Joes and all that, and I would throw them in the pool all together. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the jets in the pool? I would have water races. So I would not touch them, but I would, like, use something to make the water move. And I'd make them go all the way around the pool, and whoever got to the end... was, would win the water race. Yeah. I don't remember my mom being there.
2: No, but your mom probably wasn't throwing a concert inside her house either with hundreds of people yeah. and really loud music where if you screamed, she wouldn't have been able to hear you. But that's you. me not remembering. Yeah. I'm
1: not, you know, playing by the poem, looking around. Is my mommy here?
2: Yeah. But also being a parent now, 100% your mom was probably watching you through the window. 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And granted, like, if I had fallen in, it wouldn't have been a problem. Like, yeah. I was. At that age, I was diving off the pool on my own swim. Like, mm-hmm. I could dive deep into the pool. Like, I, I'm a really good swimmer. Yeah.
2: Like, I know there is a scene. Um, I think it's one of the first scenes where um, Farmer meets Fletcher. There is a nanny sitting in a chair. Yep. But she does not look capable of saving a child's life in a swimming pool. No. Yeah, I kind of forgot that. Mm-hmm. Now. So anyways, it just su- surprised me.
1: Okay. So this is surprising as well, right? We, he's by all this water, mostly unattended, and then is taking a boat out by himself. Mm-hmm. And there's n- like
2: that. Nobody around. Nobody. Fletcher's a smart kid. Yeah. This is a very poor choice.
1: Frank races to get him, dives, pulls him into the mm-hmm. water.
2: He does the car scene again, only this time he makes it. Yes.
1: <laughs> Knocks him out of the boat. Knocks him out of the boat. Now- looks like it actually was cold there and we can see that the actor playing Fetcher, fletcher was in the water mm-hmm. now he definitely looks a little bulky so he probably had on you know like really protective clothing underneath like a dry suit and stuff yeah. like that still though that had to been cold as fuck mm-hmm. and then the boat explodes
2: yeah but everybody gets mad at farmer first. Of course,
1: they, well, of course they would.
2: Why I wouldn't. Why I don't understand why you would get mad at him to stop a small child from going out into the middle of the lake and then getting stuck. Mm, fair. How are they going to get him out? You're not well, going to y- swim out there. The water's
1: well, cold. I, I think what they're ma- I think what they're mad at is the way that f- again. We have to remember that they're not. nobody's thinking that the boat's going to explode. No. So if your job was to stop him from going on the boat, he got there with more than enough time to grab him or to get in the boat himself.
2: I don't know if he could have grabbed him. I think maybe he could have jumped into the boat. 100% he could have yeah. jumped
1: in the boat. So, and then Rachel being the protective mother, seeing Frank knock her son into the water where he can't swim.
2: But he has them the whole time. Yeah. And he very quickly pulls him to the dock
1: if you were if emmy was on a boat and i came running and knocked her off the boat and dragged her into the water would you be happy with me
2: i don't think i would scream at you for it though because in a way you are still saving her she doesn't have a life jacket on she's taking a boat out into the middle of the lake where we can't access her
1: yeah we'll see yeah who knows
2: I, let's be honest. I'd yell at her dad <laughs> before I yelled at anybody else. <laughs> it's
1: true. Uh, the cars have been sabotaged, so they can't drive out. No.
2: And the phone lines have been cut.
1: Phone lines have been cut. Herb says, we can't walk out at night. That's way too dangerous. So they got a hole up in the house until the morning. Then they can walk out during the day when mm-hmm. they have better uh, eye lines. Frank Stans guard. Here's something. And it's Nikki drunk mm-hmm. is she drunk no just distraught no
2: she's got a she, full bottle okay. of like oh, right. yeah, whiskey she, or something yeah, like because
1: that because she realizes what's going on yeah and she's
2: fucked the little dog yeah when he's standing guard mm-hmm. so cute i love that okay. part in the movie all right yeah i just want to i just want to shout out yes it does make That's my ridiculous. favorite scenes uh <laughs> and i'll need to explain why um When we get to the favorite scenes. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Such Uh, a (laughs) shithead. I said you only get two nights. You're only supposed to get one. You
1: got two. Your fucking night's over. Uh, Your sarcasm
2: is as rich as farmers in this movie. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Nikki
1: admits to hiring the hitman. Mm -hmm. She has hired somebody to kill her sister.
2: Until the job is done. Yeah. I'm glad she gets shot. That's harsh. Yeah, well
1: um so she put in no safety protocols because the hitman doesn't even know who hired her Mm -hmm. doesn't know there's no way to contact him to call it off Mm -hmm. so this is
2: isn't his name like alejandro or something like that too
1: The oh her contact person yeah who knows yeah it's probably the guy at the beginning of the show
2: yes antonio banderas (laughs)
1: uh she hates her own sister now
2: Mm -hmm. You see this coming a mile away. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course you do. She's hated. Well, and hate is a strong word. I'm sure she doesn't hate. She says that. Oh yeah, no, she does. Fair <laughs> enough. She hired somebody to kill her. Yeah, of course she hates her.
1: <laughs> I hope you hate somebody if you've hired to if you've hired a killer to kill oh. them. I hope you hate them, because if you're only like, oh, that person mildly annoys me, I'm gonna have them killed.
2: When she's sitting there crying, I never wanted him to hurt the baby. When she's talking about Fletcher, I don't understand about like so like in crime documentaries and like stuff like that they're always like oh you know i i just wanted him gone i didn't want to hurt the kids or hurt blah 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 what the fuck do you think is gonna happen when you kill fletcher's mom (laughs) and bitch you know you're going to jail because they always catch the bad guy they're gonna figure it out you're gonna go to jail who's gonna be left watching fletcher sigh and tony no, Fuck
1: off, Devaney. Tony could definitely. Tony would watch over him.
2: No, but like in courts, it has to go to like your next like legal guardian, right?
1: Where's Fletcher's dad?
2: Um, well, mate, I highly doubt they even know who Fletcher's dad is.
1: Whoa. No,
2: but like I don't mean le- that. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I mean like
1: Rachel has to know who Fletcher's dad is.
2: Yeah, but he's probably not in the picture. Yeah,
1: that's where Fletcher would go.
2: I don't know. I, growing up, I never knew my biological father. And if something happened to me, heck no, I wouldn't go to him.
1: Would you have had a choice? Yeah. You would have had a choice?
2: I had a godmother. So if something, hap- if something happened to my mother, yeah. then I would have gone to go and live with my, my godmother. Okay. Yeah.
1: We don't know if Fletcher has a godmother. Well, I'm, just curi- I'm sure. Like, Dionne Warwick. When, when, when all... <laughs> <laughs> well played. When all this is going on, I'm like, why didn't Fletcher just go to his dad's?
2: Because I highly doubt Fletcher's dad probably knows that he's a dad. Like, this is... There's no
1: way Fletcher's dad doesn't know that he's the father.
2: You never know. He, I'm sure they had him or Rachel had him prior to becoming famous. If he's 10 to 12 years old in the movie, she's a recent star. Recent star? Yeah.
1: Do they say that?
2: I'm pretty sure they do.
1: How do they say that?
2: Um, when Sai's talking about her career and stuff. Isn't it in the beginning? Like she's just like newly famous. Hmm. Anyways, that's what I always thought. Hmm. Agree to disagree. I'm sure we could debate this forever. We can. Yeah. We'd have to ask the writers. Oh, just one? Lawrence Keston. Okay. I'm sure he had a help.
1: Someone's in the house. (laughs) Nikki is killed. Yes. Got what she deserves? Yes. Really? No,
2: nobody deserves to die. Nobody? I don't know. Some people.
1: I think some people do deserve to die.
2: Justice. (laughs) She gets what's coming. She gets what she deserves. She has the day that... She deserves.
1: (laughs) Frank sees him outside. Running. And what does he do yet again? Chase. And?
2: Jumps. Through
1: a window. (laughs) Into a cool role. Mm. I love you, Frank. So cool. Uh, Chases him into the forest. Mm Mm-hmm. And he gets away in a jeep.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The cops have caught the creepy guy. Creepy. So we realize... The creepy two. guy isn't the hitman. Mm-hmm. He's just a creepy
2: guy. <laughs> Stalker.
1: Uh, Rachel wants to go to the Oscars. Frank's like, this is a bad move. Clearly. Now, I learned recently, I listened to a, a podcast I love. I actually did an episode on The Bodyguard. Oh. One of the people, one of the co-hosts <clears throat> went and he actually won an Oscar for a short film. And he talks about how good the security is Hmm. at the Oscars. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Right. That many famous people, that many,
2: the jewelry, everything. Yep. Yep.
1: So the fact that the assassin gets in there with a camera gun is stretching it, but whatever. What?
2: I don't want to give it away yet. What a way. The assassin. Okay. And how he gets in.
1: How does he get in?
2: He's a fucking bodyguard. To who? The no, buddy. No,
1: no. He just says that to throw Frank off his scent. Remember? When he talks to the host, he's like, where's Portman? He's like, who the fuck is Portman? Oh. So how the fuck did he get in there?
2: He was probably, I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, he would have tips, tricks on how to blend in get in push his weight around
1: and also bring in a video camera with a gun that's what I'm talking about Yeah,
2: he could have stashed it there prior I'm sure it's not like he would have just like planned it that night it would have been something that he was working on potentially as a backup in case he didn't kill her at the ranch or Mm. the cabin like I don't think it was like the very next day Right? He would have had time to figure it out.
1: Uh, From my understanding, not happening. Okay. But whatever. Some fucking movie. Yeah. Which. This isn't real life. (laughs) Yeah. Which isn't even my thing that annoyed me the most about the Oscars. Mm -hmm. It's the red carpet happening at night. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. (laughs) The red carpet is always during the day so you can get the best pictures. (laughs) Bullshit.
2: This makes you so angry. (laughs) Makes me so angry.
1: Uh, and this is what we talk about. Frank's runs into Portman who tells him that he's guarding uh, the host, uh, a comedian named Robert Wool. Whirl? Wool, Wool? Uh, there's no fucking way he would host the Oscars, by the way. <laughs> he is not famous enough. <laughs> uh, Frank can't use his comms because mm-hmm. they're interfering with the radio backstage. Mm-hmm. This sets up uh, the ending.
2: Debbie Reynolds also makes a cameo, which I appreciated.
1: Yeah. Okay. Things. Um, the only other famous person there. Everybody else is fake. All the movies are fake. The other, the best actor winner from the previous year, announcing fake. Mm-hmm. But we got Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds for
2: ten seconds. Doesn't she make like a saucy little comment too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ridiculous. That <laughs> makes no sense. Why she's there? It does nothing. She must know. She must know the director some way. Yeah. Oh, I'll come I'll come visit you on set. Oh, you want me to go on camera? Okay. Okay. For ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Rachel's nervous. Because Frank is.
2: Mm-hmm. Tonight's the night.
1: She heads out on stage with another fake actor.
2: Mm-hmm. She has her pendant. Yep. Yeah. Her cross brooch.
1: And completely fucks up. And runs off stage because she's terrified. Mm -hmm. This is where Frank asks the host about Portman, and he has no fucking clue what he's talking about.
2: No, doesn't doesn't Whitney get mad at Farmer at this point? Yeah. She's like, you've turned me into a lunatic.
1: No. She runs off stage. Yeah. She's surrounded by everyone, including the host. Oh, she walks away. no, that's right. Yeah, As yeah. he's walking away, he asks, right. where's Portman? Yeah, He's like, I have no idea who that is. Mm-hmm. Then Rachel freaks out of Frank. Mm-hmm. The Best Actress Award is being announced. Frank sees Portman with the camera gun. Mm-hmm. Portman takes out Tony.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Rachel Which wins. Which we like at
2: this point. We like Tony again. Yeah, because
1: mm-hmm. he realizes that Frank is the man, mm-hmm. and he wants to help. And he is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Rachel wins. Portman has her in his sights, but she kind of is amongst the crowd. And mm-hmm. he knows that he's only going to get one, maybe two shots. So he's got to make sure that he has. And he knows
2: that Farmer knows at this point too, right?
1: Uh, Not yet.
2: Oh, I thought he saw them or they made eye contact or something. Not yet. Oh, okay.
1: Not yet. Because he would have, if that was the case, he would have he would have shot already. Mm. So he's ta- he's taken out Tony. So he uh, he knows that the communication's down, right? So he thinks he probably has a shot. Um, he's getting ready to shoot. Frank rushes the stage, and he gets shot. Yeah, panic
2: chaos erupts. ensues. I couldn't yes. even
1: imagine. Could you imagine watching the Oscars and this happen?
2: Yeah. Cut to commercial. Oh immediately. Immediately, yep.
1: Frank shoots Portman.
2: They all think that Frank is the shooter. Yep.
1: They Restrain Frank. Frank has saved the day. They're wheeling Frank out. He's bleeding. Bleeding a lot. Cy grabs the winner card. Fuck
2: and wipes it why does he wipe it I don't if know. you're going to salvage it at all you dab that shit <laughs> <laughs> like wiping it just smears the blood yeah. and it's not coming out now ugh sigh what a moron that's dudes for mm-hmm. you because it's his award right like it's his hard work mm-hmm. he's the one he deserves this fuck i hate sigh
1: who else is at the award show
2: i don't remember the
1: fucking creepy guys there is he? Yeah, when they put Frank in the into the ambulance, he's right there in the crowd. They take they give you a shot showing him that he's there. Weird. Yep. We're at the airport. Rachel has a new bodyguard. Mm-hmm. He's old. He is old. Tony has an eye patch.
2: Yes, because he got poked. Or does that did he get oh, what? No. Yeah. Portman poked him, or somebody poked I don't him. Know. But, like, did he poke his eye out or is it just infected? Probably just healed. Probably okay. healing. It's probably got a big, like... Frank arrives. Fingernail infection. <laughs>
1: a little, little <laughs> more flirting. Yeah. They say their goodbyes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The song starts. Mm-hmm. The plane starts to board, mm-hmm. starts to roll away, mm-hmm. and she stops it.
2: Because she's a superstar and she can do shit like that.
1: And, well it's her jet
2: yeah no i know that's what i mean
1: she runs to him i want to run to you the song oh, i want to run to you <laughs> the song starts to blare 360 degree cameras it circles around them as they kiss yeah
2: no finish
1: okay and we fade out to whitney singing
2: yeah it's so beautiful and it just
1: warms my heart mine too to hear her sing again yeah I always remember my memory is that that's where the movie ends. Yeah. But it doesn't, and it should. It should. But we get a large dinner. Mhm. Franks in the background. There's some scripture reading about protecting somebody and then it freezes on Frank in the background.
2: It's a prayer. It's not scripture reading. Whatever. He's it's a he's praying. It's the dinner prayer. Sounds like scripture to me. Because it's a prayer.
1: Sounds like scripture to me. Oh my goodness. Either way, dumb. Unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. It should have ended with them at the airport. Mm-hmm. This is completely unnecessary.
2: But it also, I mean, to me, it shows that um, the Farmer has taken on a new role, thus allowing him to now have a relationship with Rachel. We already know
1: he has a new role because there's a new bodyguard. And she no. says, you hired him. <clears throat> why did you have to pick somebody so old? Mm-hmm. So we already know that he's not sticking so around. So you don't
2: sleep with him. That's why he hired somebody yeah. so old.
1: <laughs> this last scene, unnecessary. Yeah. And that's it. That's the movie. That's the movie. That's the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Feel good about it? I do. You want to hear some trivia?
2: Yeah, but can I tell my trivia first? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that end scene with the camera and the 360. Yeah. Um, Did you read about this? No. Oh, okay. So back whenever when was this when was this filmed
1: what would have been filmed in 91
2: 91 okay so back then the cameraman obviously they don't have like the tips and tricks and equipment that they do today Mm -hmm. so they had him on like a little like pulley or whatever um and they're trying to get this 360 shot so the guy is has the camera and they're pulling him down when they go to turn he falls off (laughs) so it's just the camera on the apparatus that's now like got the shot like free like free hand um the camera guy quickly tries to jump up run back to the platform to get back up onto the platform to finish the shot Interesting. I thought that was so funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um it was Kevin Costner's idea for Whitney Houston's start I will always love you as mm-hmm. a cappella. Mm-hmm. His idea. Mm-hmm. Um Rachel's mansion in the movie? Mm-hmm. It's the same mansion from The Godfather.
2: Really? Yeah. From The Godfather. I would have known that.
1: Uh, have you seen The Godfather? No. Okay, never mind. For those listening, uh The Horse's Head in the Bed. It's the same mansion from that scene. Cool. Um, Dolly Parton wrote and sang the song, I Will Always Love You. Mm -hmm. In an interview on the Graham Norton Show, she said that when when they asked to use the song for the movie, she sent it in and forgot about it. Then one day, she was driving from her office to her house in Nashville when she heard Whitney Houston's version on the radio. She had to pull over to the side of the road in order to finish listening to it because she was blown away how beautifully the song was done and by how beautifully Whitney Houston sang it.
2: Yeah, isn't that incredible? I love Dolly. Me too.
1: Whitney Houston would give Kevin Costner singing lessons on set in exchange for acting advice. I
2: didn't know that. That's adorable. You know Kevin Costner
1: sang, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. Course, yeah,
2: I true. have a great story about it too.
1: Wicked. Uh, Whitney Houston suffered a miscarriage during production. I know. And I just saw that too. A couple of weeks of production recovering.
2: Yeah, with uh, Bobby, right? Bobby Brown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: As of 2015, with over 37 million albums sold, the film had the best-selling soundtrack of all time. Mm
2: -hmm, As it should.
1: Saturday Night Fever is in second. 10 million fewer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner revealed in 2019, uh, 27 years after the release of The Bodyguard, that the woman he is carrying on the movie poster isn't Whitney Houston.
2: I was shocked by that.
1: It's her double. Yeah. Uh, Whitney had left the set to have some rest, so Kevin Costner decided to shoot the picture with her double. He only told her to keep her face hidden so she could show the fear that the character was experiencing. Costner himself picked the definitive photo that was later used in the movie poster.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Kevin Costner said that he based his portrayal of Frank Farmer on actor Steve McQueen. He even went as far as to get McQueen's trademark haircut for the role. Hmm.
2: Who's Steve McQueen?
1: a very famous actor from the 50s and 60s okay. and 70s. Uh he would have been that generations Kevin Costner. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's super fucking cool. Cool. Uh The Great Escape would be that's probably my favorite Steve McQueen movie or or The Magnificent 7. Okay. One of those two. Uh, Kevin Costner, during his eulogy at Whitney Houston's uh, funeral, related that when Whitney auditioned for her role, her makeup had begun running down her face. Before the audition, Whitney had hurriedly removed her movie set makeup and had instead applied her regular show business makeup she used at concerts so she would feel more normal. The heat of the lighting for her audition caused the replacement makeup to run. Kevin quickly halted the audition. Whitney returned to her trailer where she related what had happened to Kevin. The movie makeup was reapplied, and the audition was then successfully completed. So cute. Yeah. Uh, At the Fictional Academy Awards ceremony, the Best Sound Oscar goes to Michael Smith and Kay Colvin, who were in reality the boom operator and cable person, respectively, for this film. The Best Song winner is written by Nancy Garber, who is really the film's art department researcher. And one of the fictional-nominated songwriters was Leslie Morass, who was really the film's assistant location manager. (laughs)
2: Keeping it in the family. Yep. Uh,
1: casting what ifs, or yeah, the film was originally proposed in the mid '70s, starring Diana Ross and Steve McQueen was rejected as too controversial
2: okay that's why i recognize his voice or not his voice his name steve the steve mcqueen yes because i do remember seeing that
1: the film concept <laughs> was to be attempted again in the late 70s with ryan o'neill and diana ross cast as the leads right. the project fell through after only a few months because of irreconcilable differences between o'neill and ross who had been dating
2: Ooh. um
1: pat benatar olivia newton john madonna Joan Jett Debbie Harry Janet Jackson Terry Nunn Kim Carnes and Dolly Parton were considered for the role of Maitreau Marin
2: really yeah wow
1: Kevin Costner who also produced it on the film reportedly denied Madonna an addition because she had made a gag at his expense in the movie Madonna Truth or Dare hmm that's it interesting favorite quote I've got five
2: okay I got it. you do yours I gotta get mine ready
1: alright my first one is between uh, Cy and Frank Bill said you speak with the Secret Service. That's right. Ever guard the main man? I was two years with Carter, four with Reagan. Reagan got shot. Not on my shift. (laughs) Uh, Number two is from a woman approaching Frank at the party. I've been watching you all night from across the room. Why don't you go back there and keep watching? (laughs) I like that part. (laughs) Uh, Number three is between Frank and Rachel. Well, you can live with it or you can fire me, but I can't fuck you. Number four is from Rachel, uh, between Rachel and Herb. You know, Fletcher can't swim very well. I guess he better stay in the boat then. <laughs> Good old Herb. And my last one is from Nikki. Everybody said she was a sure thing, but of course, you already knew that. Mm. Those are mine.
2: Nice. Am I doing mine now? We are. Okay, I have four. Okay. The first one is, again, Cy and Frank, same one. Bill said you used to work with the Secret Service? That's right. Evergard the main man? I was two years with Carter four was reagan 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 <laughs> jesus christ sigh reagan got shot frank not on my shift frank and henry okay when they first meet or yeah after they first met they're kind of getting their yeah. things together we're adding to your duties you're my new assistant henry says who Henry, I've spent a lot of time guarding people all over the world, and I found one thing to be true. No matter how incompetent the assassins, no matter how much they miss their target, there's always one person who always gets hit. Who? The cocky black chauffeur. Henry's smile after that. Oh, it just. I love Henry. Of course you do. (laughs) Shut up. And then Rachel and Frank um, are in their first encounter. Well, you don't look like a bodyguard. What'd you expect? Well, I don't know. Maybe a tough guy. This is my disguise. I thought that was so cute.
1: You like that? I do like that. Of course you do.
2: Um, And then Rachel and Frank again. You know, Farmer, you're a self-righteous son of a bitch. Farmer chuckles. And don't you laugh at me. Don't you dare judge me. Uh, Give me a break will ya I didn't tell you to fuck everybody in the hotel I like that one I bet you did (laughs) Okay those are my quotes
1: All right, My favorite quote is Well you can live with it or you can fire me But I can't fuck you Mm. That's my favorite
2: quote Oh what is mine I'd have to say The Reagan one I really like the Reagan one Reagan? (laughs) Reagan I'm
1: gonna slap your face (laughs) Ronald Favorite scene I've got six. Okay. All right. Uh, When he goes to Rachel's house and tests her security. uh, Rachel on stage at the club, where she tells him not to come out and uses the hand gesture, which Mm. I love. Uh, Frank and Tony's fight in the kitchen. The chess game. (coughs) uh, The Oscars. And the ending at the airport.
2: Okay. What do you got? I have... Um, ba ba ba. Oh. <laughs> it's not really a favorite scene. It's just like a scene that sticks out that, like, yeah, I just, it irks me. And that's probably why it's on my list. Okay. Yeah. It's just when, um, when they're at the club and Rachel gets pushed into the crowd um obviously when Farmer picks her up and carries her he then kicks that creepy stalker guy um but the part that I really like about this is stupid Tony and stupid Cy get left behind because they're dumb um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and frank and henry save the day and get rachel to safety okay mm-hmm. um the tony and and farmer fight in the kitchen without talking okay um i don't want to talk about this again i love it um scene when they get to the um what do you call it not the farmhouse um the cabin kevin? yeah the cabin in the woods um because kevin costner's in jeans <laughs> holy shit <laughs> <laughs> um the funeral scene is there a funeral scene no what am i thinking why did i write this down
1: <laughs> when kevin Costner gives her eulogy is that what you're thinking no. of
2: isn't there a scene for like a funeral or something oh, for nikki's Nikki? funeral yeah okay Maybe? Yeah, yeah, there's a funeral. They have a funeral, right? Yeah. Like Mickey. I know th- I know that it's not Whitney's, but it's still a funeral and Whitney's involved. So, kind of watching that and then again knowing what happens, like it was just kind of it was sad sad for my heart. Okay. Anyways. Um And I think that's all that I have. So, my favorite scene by far, 100% is the fight in the kitchen. That's my favorite yeah. scene as well. Yeah.
1: All right, closing credits. Are there any Oscar-worthy performances in this film?
2: Like, your Oscar-worthy or my Oscar-worthy? <laughs> I asked you,
1: are there any Oscar-worthy performances in this film?
2: Like, of nominations? Yes. Of actually winning? Ooh, I don't know. And
1: who would you nominate from this film?
2: I would nominate Whitney because I love it. It's her breakout role. She's never acted before. And she give it, with that, she did phenomenal. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but... She's not an actress. She's never had acting. Like she didn't have um, coaches or anything, right? Like Kevin Costner specifically chose her because she didn't have acting skills um, or coaching. So I think for how she portrayed the character, she did a phenomenal job. All right. Um, and then Kevin for like best supporting actor. I don't know. Is no, that he, a thing? He's a lead. Oh, is he a lead? Okay. They're, so then they're both leads um okay so hold so on not kevin
1: kevin's not good you don't want to nominate kevin you you think whitney gives an oscar caliber performance book, but this kevin is like doesn't. my oscars not that's your what oscars. we're talking <laughs>
2: um oh i don't Let's know
1: stick no we're, we're, we'll move to kevin in a second okay stick with whitney okay so the basic rule is these are your oscars mm-hmm. you're giving in in there but have you seen any of the Oscar nominated performances from this year? I don't... I'm going to go through them. Yeah, I was okay. going to say go through so them. The rule is you can't replace... You, you, you have to slot Whitney in there. Okay. But you can only take out somebody you've seen. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking that you haven't seen any of these, which means that you could put her in whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So Emma Thompson wins for Howard's End. No. No. Okay. Catherine Deneuve for Indochine. No. Mary McDonald for Passion Fish, No. Michelle Pfeiffer for Love Field. No. And Susan Surrender for Lorenzo's Oil. No. Okay, so Whitney Houston is the only person you have in your category right yeah. now. All right, she's in. Now we're done with Whitney. Okay. Kevin Costner.
2: Who's he up against? Okay. Can I know that first? Yeah. Okay.
1: Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman.
2: Okay. Have you seen it? No.
1: Okay, then it doesn't matter. Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. No. Haven't seen it. Clint Eastwood for *Unforgiven*. Yes, you've seen
2: it. I'm pretty sure I've seen *Unforgiven*. I feel like I've seen every Clint Eastwood movie.
1: Okay. Uh, Stephen Ray for *The Crying Game*. No. Denzel for *Malcolm X*. No. Okay, so you've only seen one.
2: <laughs> and even then, like I was, I would have been a small child, okay. and my dad would have forced me to watch it, and right. I would have hated are my you life.
1: Kevin Costner in.
2: Those are big names. Ooh.
1: Yeah, but you have an open field because you've seen none of them.
2: Fair enough. Um, Who's the second? Who plays Chaplin?
1: Robert Downey Jr.
2: Oh. This is like pre-cocaine Robert Downey Jr.? No. Oh, okay.
1: Well, no. No. Middle. Oh. He's Mm. in the middle of it.
2: Okay. Then yes, Kevin Costner.
1: Okay, so Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston are right now. Those are the only slots you got filled. Yeah. Anybody
2: else? No. No?
1: All right. Uh, For me.
2: Can the dog win? (laughs)
1: Okay, so no, uh, Whitney.
2: Oh, that's one. Of, I didn't write it down. That's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, I wanted to talk about it. Too late. I know.
1: Too late. I uh, for me, there are no Oscar-worthy <laughs> performances in this film whatsoever. Kevin Costner, while as much as I love him, cannot sniff these five performances. <laughs> like he's not even close. No. Uh, Whitney Houston. No. 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 No.
2: Don't worry, I got you, homegirl. <laughs> All right.
1: What other aspects of the film are award-worthy? Now, for you, not your cup of tea. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: What is it, the soundtrack? No, What is, the score. The score. The that, score.
1: Okay, do you know what the score is? The music. Not songs. Oh.
2: The score. Oh, like the violins that play? Yes, the okay. music in the
1: background when a scene is playing. Got it. Not when she's singing. Oh.
2: Can soundtracks win?
1: No. Okay. (laughs) A song can win. What the fuck
2: are the Oscars? No wonder.
1: (laughs) A song can win, but I Will Always Love You cannot win.
2: Right, because it's not their song. It's not an original. Right.
1: It's Best Original Song. Mm -hmm. That's a cover. Yeah. So Queen of the Night Mm -hmm. could be nominated. Okay. It did not get nominated. No. Would you have liked to have seen it nominated?
2: What's it up against?
1: Ooh, Best Original Song. Mm -hmm. Something we ever talked about. Okay. The winner... This year is a whole new world from Aladdin.
2: Aww, oh, Queen of the Night's fantastic.
1: Over a whole new world.
2: I don't know if I do Queen of the. Oh, and we can't do I Will Always Love You either, right? No, that's right? ineligible it's, yeah. because it's a cover. Uh.
1: okay. Also from Aladdin, Friend Like Me.
2: It's mm, good song.
1: Okay, uh, I have Queen nothing. of the Night is better than a friend like me. I right? have nothing from the Bodyguard. Yeah, Run to You from the Bodyguard and Beautiful Maria of My Soul from the Mambo Kings. Okay
2: um queen of the night definitely is way more of a bop jam than i will run to you and uh, what's the other one i have nothing i have nothing yeah i have nothing
1: that's a good song
2: it is a good song but queen of the night
1: you're putting queen of the night in there you to do, 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 take do. out beautiful maria of my soul to put in queen of the night yep okay so now you have two songs from aladdin and three from the bodyguard <laughs> in there
2: done i can't I can't get rid of one of the... Aladdin songs? No, one of the Bodyguard songs. You can if you want. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer that. Okay. Um, so
1: you're going to leave in the Mumble Kings because you haven't heard it? Yeah. I love it. Okay. So which one are you taking out? I have nothing or Run To You? If you got to take out Run To You. Yeah, I'm going to take out Run To You. Okay, so now you've got Queen of the Night in there mm-hmm. with four songs that you know. Mm-hmm. Which one's winning the Oscar? Oh. Is it still a whole new world? Or are you going to give it to Queen of the Night? Is Queen of the Night better than no. I have nothing?
2: No, I think it would go to a whole new world.
1: You still think I have a, a whole new world? I think so. Okay.
2: Yeah, between the two. Yeah, a whole new world.
1: All right. The other things that we have in here. Oh God, no. What I was gonna say that was gonna sound really mean. Not your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. You, you
2: don't have. That's not mean. It's facts. No, that was <laughs> that was that was me.
1: Catching oh, being away. being polite. Yes. <laughs> And it, it gets the same point across. The way I I wanted to say it was going to sound really mean, and I didn't want it to sound mean because I, it's one of the differences between you and I. Mm-hmm. You you like movies. Mm-hmm. I love film. Mm-hmm. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. We all yep. still get to enjoy food, movies. You just don't have as much interest in the craft of filmmaking. You have a
2: different appreciation.
1: Yes. So for me, anything else in this film, there, there really isn't anything that's award-worthy in here. Uh, not that the movie's bad. It's just not at the upper echelon mm-hmm. of filmmaking for me. Uh, weak link of the film. What part of the movie was weak for you?
2: Like scenes, characters. Whatever
1: you want. What what part of the movie <coughs> makes you go, oh, that's not good?
2: Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. You do you.
1: Uh, weak link of the film for me is... <sighs> uh. Some of Whitney Houston's acting is not good. She's really good in some scenes, fairly weak in another. Mm -hmm. And she's the lead. So I'd want a little bit more.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, but. I don't know the ending at the Oscars.
2: Oh, the Oscars—not the the very, very end. The very
1: ending—I don't have a problem with the very Mm -hmm. ending. That's a a nice ending to the love story. I hate the very end. No, that's what
2: I meant—like the very, very end.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. But that's not—it's not a weak link. the 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 whole Oscars thing—it just bugs me. Yeah, it's—it doesn't ruin the movie for me. But that's my weak link. Hmm. It happened. Yeah.
2: Mine would probably be the party at the hotel. Okay. Um. Just that whole, like, after scene. And I don't know if it's just because of the whole, like, Me Too thing. Mm -hmm. But again, I understand that back in that day, it was very predominant to have that man role. And it was okay. I mean, in this day and age, I don't think that they would be able to.
1: That is a really good pick. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Was this anyone's career highlight?
2: Well, oh, I can't. No, Whitney. Like this, this would have been just like something fun for Whitney to do, right? This definitely.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's frame it for, this is Whitney's career highlight when it comes to movies. To movies,
2: is this the only movie that she's done? No, she did a couple of. Did ones. she? Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: Whitney's career highlight for me, and I can't remember if it's the All Star Game or the Super Bowl where she sang. Um, we're singing the national anthem. Mm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Otherwise, it's this. Like when I think of Whitney Houston, I think of the Bodyguard or her singing the national anthem. Yeah, those are the two things I think of. Mm-hmm. And sadly, Crackle King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for her film career, this is her highlight. Yeah. It's not. It's not Kevin Costner. No. It's not Lawrence Kasdan. Could be. Who's the director again? Mick. Mick Jafar. Mick <laughs> Jackson. What else Sounds you like Jafar. What else you done? Mick Jackson? Volcano? The Bodyguard LA Story. Hmm. Lots of T V. Uh, LA story. Chattahoochee. This is his career highlight. You- is oh, it? Oh by far. Hmm. Yeah, it's not even close. Hmm. Not even close. This is his this is his really only his big this is his only big hit. Cool. He also directed the video to Queen of the Night.
2: Good on.
1: Uh, other than that, it's nobody else's career highlight. Fair enough. Will this make anyone's highlight reel?
2: Yes. Yes. It did.
1: Well, it's Whitney's yeah. it's career highlight. Yeah. The guy that plays Tony.
2: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. This um,
1: this will make Kevin Costner's highly real. Yeah. This is one of his, one of his many big hits. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't think so.
2: Hmm.
1: MVP of the film.
2: Oh. <sighs> Whitney.
1: It is Whitney. But not because of her acting. No. It's because of her singing.
2: Her yeah, her talent 100%. Yeah. It's uh, I will always love you. Her the star MV- power.
1: I will always love you as the MVP of this film. Yeah. It's a massive hit. Massive hit. Mhm. What would be this film's legacy?
2: Whitney. Yeah,
1: this is Whitney's movie. Yeah. And I will always love you. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the legacy of this of this movie. Mhm. Would you watch this movie again?
2: 100%.
1: I would. Totally would. Yeah. Would you recommend this movie to friends?
2: yeah friends that haven't seen it definitely and if you're a Whitney fan if you haven't seen this you need to watch it it's enjoyable
1: who's a Whitney fan
2: everybody (laughs) who isn't a Whitney fan
1: do you think Wes knows who Whitney Houston is
2: no because Wes is Wes (laughs) Just kidding Wes is young he well, yeah, no one hundred percent Wes knows who what Whitney Houston is, okay,
1: Wes, I know that you listen to every episode, oh, hey, Wes. I know he does that's so him, cute. Jordan and Rachel listen to every episode, yeah, west when you get to this part, we want to know, I want you to put in the group chat if you know who Whitney Houston is,
2: hmm
1: Mushhead thinks you might not.
2: Knows who Whitney Houston is And knows a song That we haven't talked about On this podcast
1: I don't even know If I can name a Whitney Houston song That's not on the soundtrack
2: Mm. I don't think I can No? Okay, maybe I can't either (laughs) (laughs) Okay, scratch that Okay
1: But Wes, do you know Who Whitney Houston is? Mm -hmm. That's our question Okay For the young whippersnapper (laughs) What about Jordan? Do you think Jordan knows Who Whitney Houston
2: is? 100% Alright My girl (laughs) Okay
1: Uh, I don't know if I would recommend this movie to friends. Really? I'm going to be a little... uh, Oh, because
2: you're a movie... Well, not a movie snob, but you're a movie connoisseur. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to put it this way. This is leans towards sexist. I would probably have no problem recommending this movie to my female friends. Mm -hmm. To my male friends, I think a lot of them, if they haven't seen this, are going to roll their eyes. Really? Yeah, 100%. I guarantee you, guarantee you that if Sam was here and watched this, it's getting a failing grade. Really? 100%. I have no doubt in my mind that Hmm. this would get a two. No doubt in my mind. I don't think Sam would like this movie.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Your final thoughts on The Bodyguard.
2: Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston. Oh, love (laughs) them.
1: This is a movie I've always watched and enjoyed. I'm a Kevin Costner fan. I'm unabashedly a Kevin Costner fan. I'm not a Whitney Houston fan. I'm not a hater. I just I don't have any affinity towards her. What I do have is an appreciation of her singing talent. Her acting talent, not at the same level. But she's fine enough in this movie where she's not so bad that it bothers me. This movie is fun. I've watched this movie countless times. I'll watch it again and again for sure. The movie is... Thoroughly enjoyable for me I don't know if the younger generation Will like this movie as much It might come across as a little cheesy For them Mush Manny. What do you give in this movie out of five
2: Ooh, I think I gave it a three and a half
1: You can't give a three and a half uh, uh, A three A three same with me Three for me I definitely thought this was getting a four from you
2: Really yeah 100% I mean, if we were basing it just on the music.
1: No, you're basing it on the movie. Exactly. So it's a three. It's a three. It's a three for me as well. Uh, Next week, Aladdin, the highest grossing film of 1992. I'll be joined yet again by past and future guest Rachel. She joins me to review the animated Disney film Aladdin. I'm excited for that. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and a pause review, it does increase the profile of our podcast. It allows more people to find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Manny42. What about you? you, What's your handle at Letterboxd? Do you know it off the top of your head? No.
2: All right, let's take a look. Don't follow me.
1: Don't don't, don't follow Ashley on Letterboxd?
2: Unless you're going to let me follow you back. I think it's just like... Like Celeste underscore? I don't know. Molest? That's Ce- Shut up.
1: Let's see. Where are you here? Uh, network. It is Celeste underscore Eels.
2: I-A-L-S. Celestials. Celestials. Heavenly. That's, uh, a little <laughs> too far for <from> me. <laughs> uh, Such a hater. Yeah,
1: you can totally follow us on Letterboxd, which if I, I will, they are not a sponsor, but I can't recommend that app enough. It's really cool. If you like movies at all, please sign up for Letterboxd. And you can definitely follow me, and I will follow you back. Uh, you can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Manny Movie Podcast. Thank you, Mushhead.
2: Thank you. For
1: joining me to review The Bodyguard. This was a lot of fun, it as was. always. It was. I love it, even when I get to spend time with you regardless. same. Yeah, you're one of my favorite people. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, thank you. I hope to do this again soon.
2: I can't wait. Yeah,
1: there'll be other movies coming up. After we finish 92, we get to move on to 91.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going down.
1: Well, We've been going backwards. Fair enough, yeah. 92, 92. 92. Uh, I think that's it. Okay, so for the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast, I'm Manny Manuel.
2: And I'm your queen of the night, Mushhead. Adios. Bye.